And the motion picture is the most important art film ever devised by the human race. It is the, the art form that creates more empathy than any other. It creates our ability to step out of our own shoes. Welcome to The Great Movies Pod, a retrospective film review show, the podcast where we watch and discuss each of the films covered in Roger Ebert's seminal film essay collection, The Great Movies. I'm Jana Gardner. I'm Nick Fulton. And I'm Dylan Quayer. This week, we are discussing The General, the 1926 silent comedy, comedy adjacent, we'll talk about it, film starring Buster Keaton, um, and also at least written and directed in part by Keaton as well. Um, this film's all over the place. It's in the public domain. This is at least the second, if not the third movie we've covered that you can just watch in full on its Wikipedia page. So if you, uh, if you want to check this movie out and you go to its Wikipedia page, it's sitting right there for you to watch. Um, it's also on Amazon prime and it's also on movie, which is where I watched it because I am fancy. Um, How was the quality on movie? It's good. Quality on Amazon was bad. Bad. The quality on movie was pretty good. Actually. I thought I was, impressed by it although as we'll get into this is my first buster keaton movie so i i didn't really have anything to compare it to i don't know Mm -hmm. if it was you know but it was it was at least as good as like what city lights the charlie chaplin movie we covered it was like from around a similar time period it was at least that good so mine like the the like title cards would like shake oh Mm -hmm. yeah i can i know that what you mean that sort of like weird shaking thing they do yeah, they didn't no, this... stabilize the the film like uh, the restoration people would usually do. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so no, it, it I watched it on the Kino restoration. Um, sure. And it came. It comes with two different scores, and the one I watched is um, by Joe Hisashi, who is Miyazaki's composer. Oh dang. Yeah. So it was very um, had a lot of Nasca score vibes. Interesting. Well, because I was going to say, I really enjoyed the music, but I had no idea. I don't know anything about the score that I watched it with. So, mm-hmm. like, I thought the music was pretty good, but it also, I was like, no, I, I don't, not even sure who the composer is or when this score is from. So, that's always a little tough. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for anyone who is not familiar with The General, um, it is inspired by a real-life event called the Great Locomotive Chase, which was a little skirmish in the Civil War. Um, it was a, The story is adapted from the 1889 memoir called The Great Locomotive Chase by William Pittenger. Um, and sort of the very first thing to talk about when talking about this movie is that the book William Pittenger was with the Union, and the book is written from the point of view of the Union soldiers who stole the train and started the chase, and this movie oh <laughs> is not from that point of view. This movie is from the point of view of a Confederate soldier, eventually, um, <laughs> a Confederate volunteer becomes Confederate soldier. Um, Wikipedia has an unsourced claim saying that Keaton thought audiences would be more sympathetic to the Confederates as heroes and the film would not be popular if he portrayed it from the Union perspective. But there's a big honking citation needed next to that claim on wikipedia so i don't know that's if you guys quite a know call. i that's why i felt the need to say someone put that on wikipedia i don't know if you guys know anything more about what i, I could see him say that there. because like keaton always sort of tries to play like an underdog character and oh oh um, sure 
the Confederacy was more or less the underdog in the Civil War. Thankfully. Yeah, I was going to say, like, that's, a, that's a fair <laughs> yeah, statement that, to that make. Out pretty well. you, you can be an unsympathetic underdog, sure, yeah. Um, so maybe he thought of like it that way. Make it like a more low-status character? Okay. Mm-hmm. That would make sense. But come on. <laughs> yeah. I will say, before I watched this movie, I thought it was called The General, and I knew it was about like a Civil War movie. I assumed yeah, he no. was a general, right? Like that. And then it turns out the general is the name of the train. So, yeah. um, he can't play a general. He's just got to be some like right. dipshit that's working on the train. Just, well, apparently he's a great train engineer. Like that yeah. is what we he's, are led to believe. He's like the world's <laughs> best train engineer. He's so good. He's so good at engineering that they couldn't use him as like a cannon fodder during <laughs> right. the Civil right. War. Exactly. That yeah. Was good. They, they weren't going to let him, yeah, join up because he's so good as uh, an engineer. Um, but, yeah, so I guess before we get too much into the plot of this movie, as I already mentioned, um, I this is my first Buster Keaton movie. We've talked a million times, both on and off the podcast. I don't haven't watched a ton of silent film. Um, it's just not what I do in my spare time. But um, <laughs> I did get a kick uh, out of checking this one out. Uh, but I know you guys have spent a lot more time watching Buster Keaton movies, and Nick, you in particular have watched a yeah. bunch recently, right? Yeah, I like I'd seen this before. I've seen Sherlock Jr., which I think is his best movie, um, a handful of times before, for sure. And then I've like I think I'd maybe seen a couple of his other shorts, but nothing else um, of his longer stuff in full. I would watch compilations of his bits, um, like Evie really likes. There's a couple YouTube videos that are just his bits. Um, <laughs> he has so good that, bits. Yeah, he's got great bits. So those those are like my other uh, main experience. But yeah, this this past week or so, I watched maybe five or six movies of his. I, I watched a whole bunch. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Nice. What about you, Dylan? Um. Well, it was interesting going with this because I always considered this like the best feature-length Keaton. And um, I need to re-watch some Keatons, but it, this movie didn't, like, wow me as much as I kind of hoped it would, mm-hmm. which uh, felt weird. It's all right. Um, I liked it a lot. I think one thing is I kind of knew all the jokes back to front. Sure. So I knew when anything, everything was sort of going to come. And uh, for one, it's also really weird uh, just watching someone from the Confederacy be like, what? Um, yeah. Luckily, it keeps the film pretty apolitical. It's not like there's any like, we gotta stop them from stealing our slaves. Yeah, <laughs> and really, he wants to. I mean, he wants to join the war more than anything to impress yeah. a girl, like because well, she. Okay, okay. Not to get in the movie real quick, but like <laughs> oh, that's fine. We're getting there anyway. <laughs> so it seems like these two. It's not like they have a crush on each other. It seems like they've been. In a relationship, they're for like some courting time. or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah they, it comes to her house and they sit together and stuff. And I've seen movies. I know what courting looks like. Yeah, like they're 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 into it. Um, okay, sorry, uh, but like, uh, she as soon as he's like, oh, they wouldn't take me. She's like, oh, I can never see you again. Yeah, it's like so you have among... a, you have a, like a past with this person. Like, I feel like you could at least trust him. Yeah, so among the Buster Keaton movies that I watched over the last few weeks, and even, like, I watched The Cameraman um, maybe a month or so ago. It's a good one. Basically, every plot is guy likes girl. He doesn't get her for whatever reason. Hijinks ensue, and then he gets her in, like, the very last frame of the movie. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times... The thing is, is, is usually it's like he sees a girl, he hits it off with her, and it doesn't work. Yeah. This so, one, yeah. So, a lot like of times... A, a lot of He's times... He's girl. It's guy doesn't get girl because of a misunderstanding. Like in uh, Seven Chances, they're in love, and he just kind of like says phrases something the wrong way um but in a few of them this one and college the girl's pretty terrible yeah Mm -hmm. yeah i I was looking it up the actual line that they have which is i don't want to speak or or, yeah i don't want you to speak to me again until you are in uniform and it's like lord he's trying yeah (laughs) like and the the plot of college is he's like very smart and he goes to college and the girl he likes won't be with him because he's too smart and doesn't play any sports so he tries to learn sports and as someone who was not good at sports uh my reaction to that is well this girl sucks like yeah just just find someone else buster you'd be better off yeah but this one this one is far worse the stakes are way worse yeah that that is that's just like rude but like could be fodder for a teen movie now kind of thing like Mm -hmm. i'll date you if you make the football team but no yeah this is uh join the confederacy or i won't talk to you anymore (laughs) it's uh rough and yeah and he's trying um yeah so it's yeah it, it like you said it sort of it puts a certain barrier to entry or sort of at least a barrier to empathy with his character i think um, from a modern perspective, which is, is to be, you know, is, uh, be expected at this point. Um, but yeah, so I guess we might as well sort of jump into it. We sort of already went up to the, um, or started in on the plot. Um, basically you've got Buster Keaton. He's this, um, his name is Johnny Gray, you know, just the most generic Confederate soldier name mm-hmm. you can have. Yeah. Um, Johnny Gray. Um, he, <laughs> He, uh, at least according to Wikipedia, has, you know, two, well, I guess maybe it's in the movie too, but two loves of his life. Oh, describes it as his fiance. So. Yeah, yeah they have yeah, a they said, they said fiance. Like, yeah, they are, they are to be wed. Uh, she's awful. She's, okay, now, like, now I'm even more mad at Annabelle there's some sort Lee. of, like, history there, like, and like Nick said, he's always about, like, she, he needs to get the girl. He's gotten the girl. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Nah, not until you put a ring on it, man. Yeah. She's uh This is nineteen twenty this is nineteen twenty six. Yeah. If he really liked it, he should have put a ring on it. That's what I'm saying. Um, but alas, the Civil War breaks out. Um, as we talked about, he is not allowed to enlist because he's more valuable being a train engineer than he is being a soldier. Um, and so um and this comes up, I guess maybe the other issue with Annabelle is that her her father and brothers are joining up with the war, so you know, it's like all all the men are joining up, um, and she sort of gets the mistaken impression that he's just um, being a coward because he does not enlist when they do, even though he tried. Um, they were, like, in line together. I don't know what's yeah. going on. Just... you got you got to have a real just sort of miscommunication to, to set the story That's off, I a, guess. That's insane yeah. miscommunication right there. Um, so, but, yeah, very she's very rude. Um, tells him she won't talk to him until he's in uniform. Um, he's so sad. And then a year goes by. I had been wondering, cause I, I, when I, this started, I, I'd done my research ahead of time and I'm like, this thing happens like in the middle of the war. And so little, little time jump, uh, to get us up to the actual events of the movie that are being depicted. Yeah. Um, is it before that though, that he, like maybe my favorite image from the movie is where he's sad and mm. sits on the train, like the, I don't yes. know what it's called. The Either side of like the train. The, the train. Okay. 
engine, the train, I don't know what it's, the train. It's, it's, it's like the... the thing that connects the wheels that goes up and down. I know. I like yeah. how, I'm, yeah, our, our visual aids are really going to help people here. Um, yeah. Yeah. Roger says what it's called. But yeah, he sits on the little the si- thing. The side of the train thingy and it goes up and down, which yeah. it it isn't as uh, ostentatious as a lot of his stunts, like where he's jumping from car to car or jumping off a building or something. But it is one of those I don't know if it's in the Ebert essay or if it was something else that I, I read where if he happens to fall off while they're doing oh. that, he's going to get cut in half. He's going to get run over by a train and cut. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> no, Ebert gets into this a lot um, that, you know, he's like, Buster Keaton's obviously famous for doing sort of all these crazy stunts of his own. And yeah, there's a lot of stuff in this movie on that train that it's like. Oh, he it, should die. Yeah. And it's. I, I think when I was watching it, it f- didn't sort of look that crazy to me because now we all live in like a Mission Impossible world where mm-hmm. crazy <laughs> things are cra- done crazily and you sort of just expect, well, yeah, but they're on wires or they're green screened or they're this. And it's like, no, he was just sitting on the front of that train. He was just putting cannonballs around. He was just like going up and down with the train wheels. Um, yeah, crazy. You could you could not get insurance for that kind of thing today. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, by all means, do jump in because I do not remember when various gags happen. Like I, I have all the mental images, but by all means, if you're like, and then that's when this happened, um, please you're tell me to because rely on Nick on that one. You also don't remember when anything happened. Okay. I, I watched it like two weeks ago now, and uh, so a lot of it. As, well, as we talked about, I watched it a couple weeks ago, and then when we had our delayed recording, watched it again a couple nights ago. Um, Sorry, loud outside. Um, watched it again a couple nights ago, and p- partly because I just, like I said, I have a hard time like absorbing these movies. Like I appreciate them a lot in the moment, and I will say before we move on to what's going to happen with the train, the opening scene really stuck out to me. Not having seen one of his movies before, and Ebert talks about this a bit in the essay too, because the, his performance feels so modern. Like I was expecting yeah. more of a sort of Charlie Chaplin, sort of silent clown kind of performance. Just absolutely I was. And um, so it was very surprising to me. And apparently this is just the most obvious observation of all time, but it was very surprising to me how modern his performance feels, how it's just, he is sort of like the straight man just going about in this world. Um, and basically other than the fact that it's in, you know, silent film, frame rate and nobody's talking like it's just a guy walking around the street like it does not seem cartoonish or old-fashioned in the way that i was expecting it to yeah so the quote that i have pulled from the ebert essay is just how he opens the um the essay itself which is buster keaton was not the great stone face so much as a man who kept his composure in the midst of chaos other silent actors might mug to get a point across but keaton remained observant and collected that's one reason his best movies have aged better than those of his rival chaplin uh he yeah. seems not dated but like a modern visitor to the world of the silent clowns which is yeah. it's a little harsh to chaplin and i don't know yeah how, I, I don't know how much of rivals they literally were like they were in a movie together um, Limelight, one one of oh, both yeah. of their final movies. Great movie. Great um, movie. So I, I don't would like that... to say that uh, Chaplin didn't play a Confederate soldier, um, so it might have aged a little bit better. <laughs> sure, sure. I don't know that we really want to go down the rabbit hole of who is more cancelable. Um, <laughs> no, because no, but I'm just saying of the movies. Because uh, I, I, I think uh, Chaplin has some 
dirty laundry. Yeah, uh, there's yeah. some there's As some well. skeletons <laughs> in that closet. Um, yeah, no, I just I just felt very um very validated by that when I read it because yeah, like I've watched one Charlie Chaplin movie and one Buster Keaton movie, and I like again. It's hard to say that I liked this one significantly better, but I liked Buster Keaton's performance in this one um, better just because I am a you know basic boring person who You're a uh, modern likes gal. modern i'm a yeah. modern gal and i like modern movies and i'm kind <laughs> of a, an easier time clicking with him yeah i would say i'm a modern gal too in that case because yeah. because i also <laughs> i mean not that i dislike Chaplin, um of course but i i do something about buster's wavelength is just a little bit more I don't know if it's like having grown up watching a bunch of Jackie Chan movies, but I think Jackie mm. Chan is like the closest, mm. more modern comparison to something like Buster Keaton. He's he's mugging a little bit more, but in terms of yeah. the the audacity of the stunts, I think those two are are one and two. Or mm-hmm. I, I don't know who's one and who's two, but uh, and like a combination are. of like fantastic stunt and action while also having a good comedic presence in his films. There's yeah, that combo yeah. and, too. And both are like pretty improvisatory, apparently. Yeah. From like they would they would just like see stuff and go, "Hey, let's make a let's make a joke out of this mountain or whatever." Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I'm gonna kind of be the opposite. I think I think I liked. Um, this is kind of the way I put. It. I think Keaton has the better gags and is funnier, but Chaplin has the better movies and like better stories. Um, but. I don't know. I don't feel like I, I need to compare them. They're both no. Yeah. It's sort of a way. false. I mean, it's it's, it's a I, I very say, goofy. Ebert's very correct in um, in the way that he says like Keaton's acting is modern because even Chaplin, for as good as an actor like I think Chaplin was, um, he kind of he he played like every silent person had to because you can't talk and you have to mime a lot of the things you're doing and that it's not a fault, but it's just like. He, he had to act of his time and Keaton sort of broke his time and was just like, yeah, hmm. I'll, I'll, I'll be me. Yeah. We can all agree that they're both better than Harold Lloyd. That dude sucks. I, I like Harold I'm Lloyd. Jo- I'm joking. I'm joking. I was like, I God. Like, I like Harold Lloyd too. Man. What are, what are Harold Lloyd's movies like? I am, e- I am even less familiar. I mean, I, I know put, who he is. But, but Chaplin in Keaton's stories, and that's basically that, that's like, a great okay. that's a great comp. Okay. Yeah, that makes um, sense. he's got Chaplin's like zaniness and mannerisms, and he's kind of like Chaplin. He's like always a bum, mm-hmm. but he's always doing like the dumb stunts of Keaton and sort of like the similar sort of gags, like in Safety Last. Like you know, he climbs the he climbs up a building, bel- building, oh, and that, he's like literally him. hanging right, on right, a right. Okay, clock that's, over that like it. one of the most famous shots in all of movies. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. got but it. like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nick talking about um, what's uh, Keaton's college movie? College. College. college? Yeah, <laughs> Harold Lloyd has a movie called The Freshman where he has to join the football team. And, oh well. Like they they the movies are quite similar to Keaton's, just the, with, uh, Chaplin's energy in them. The Dante's Peak and Volcano of their time. <laughs> the ants and bugs life. Sure. I almost went um, Armageddon and, and uh, Deep, Impact. Deep Impact, but you know you got your you got your choices there. Um, mm-hmm. All right, the general, what's happening? Um, a year goes by, and Annabelle's father, who was able able to enlist, I guess, did end up enlisting. 
has been wounded, so she's going to go see him on the train. Of course what? that guy would get wounded. He's like I, a thousand. I know. I, I <laughs> he had was that probably just too. like walking down the battlefield and like his hip gave out. I got to go back. Got to go back. Yeah. Yeah. So old old man soldier gets injured. Um, and this is where the, the plot sort of kicks in. Um, the While the train is stopped, we... The, the Union spies show up, and it turns out that the Union has this plan to steal the train and to basically wreck destruction as they go and tear up the train tracks and burn all the bridges. And um, if there's one thing I've learned from more movies, it's that bridges are very important oh to, um, you know, successful war efforts. There's so. like three separate famous war movies I can think of that have train go over bridge, blow up bridge, and uh, train falls down. Yeah. Um, a, doesn't pretty... Saving Private Ryan end with a bridge uh, scene? I think. I think Isn't that what they're trying to do? I think. I think. Yeah, but I think that they're. I think they're in that spot. There's like a lot of World War II movies where it's like, no, we have to stay in this spot to either. Defend I don't care this. about Saving Private Ryan because, I... you, because bridges <laughs> are very important because you had to be able to take tanks over them in World War II. Yeah. Here it's trains, or but trains, often yeah. it was uh, later on. The big machinery tanks. to deliver things. And... Don't care right. about our brave soldiers and Saving Private Ryan who uh, defended a bridge. No. And Matt Damon. And Matt Damon. <laughs> well, that's why they can't get down to Private Ryan. That's why they can't get him out because he doesn't want to abandon his post. Ugh, it's a good movie. Um, it's a good movie. I know. It's all right. <laughs> Dylan, it's all Dylan, right. Dylan doing the eh. I'll, I'll always hold to the fact that the second act is weak, but uh, <laughs> that's besides the point. I know. I, I think it's, he it's, bought... it's no Thin Red Line, and uh, well, same sure. it's same year, same Oscar contention. Sure, Lot, but neither lots... neither one won Best Picture. So yeah, lots of things aren't Terry Malick movies. I, I was gonna say. Oh yeah. sure, sure, sure. It's actually kind of as someone who still hasn't seen Thin Red Line, but. Really will soon. Maybe that'd be like a good, no, it'd be a terrible 4th of July movie. I feel like um, you said that on like I, the first episode we did. I know, I know. Um, <laughs> Sorry. No, I said it on um, on probably the, Days, Days of, of Heaven, Heaven because that's next. Uh, it's I thought so you said weird it on the director's the... episode. Oh, probably. Terrence. When I had not seen a single Terrence Malick movie at that yeah, point. Yeah, um, two now. So, so now I've already seen two. I'm, I'm making a lot of headway. It's just wild that his, ne- going chronologically, that his next movie is Thin Red like, Line. Yeah. And then what's his next movie after Thin Red Line? New oh, World? New World. Yeah, it is. That's yeah. not too long. I thought it was Tree of Life for a second. I was like... No, it's New World, then Tree of Life. Then I yeah. think you start getting into the weird... Uh, he does five to movies the one, To the Wonder Night of Cups, Song to Song. Yeah. Which I want to I do really want to watch those. I've seen the trailers for them. Because like those were all coming out like right, I think, around the time I moved to L.A. and started going to the movies a lot and seeing a lot of trailers. So I, Song to Song in particular, I saw that trailer so... So many times I'm like, what is this movie about? And I, I mean, still I know they're barely know. not. They don't have like great review scores, but they're divisive for a reason in which people, a lot of people, do love those movies. What and I think I... they might be movies for you. I think I, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm concerned about To the Wonder, but Song to Song in particularly, I'm interested in. What a cast! One of my favorite letterbox lists was something. Okay, here we go. Uh, movies <laughs> where Michael Bender has a. More, oh, Jesus Christ, where Michael Fassbender <laughs> has a threesome, but it's like a sad threesome. <laughs> Jesus. And it's, uh, I think you've brought that up on the pod before. Yeah. Well, because it's so good. Uh, that that and shame. I was hoping there was a th- secret third one I didn't know about. What, 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 what we need it's, to do is this to happen another time randomly in the future. We can say that we've had a threesome 
of Michael of, Fassbender. Of sad Michael Fassbender references. threesomes. Yeah. 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 Uh, He's bound to have another one. Yeah. What's he up to? Making shame too. I mean, that would be amazing. He's done with the X-Men movies, right? Like, what's he got going on? Um, sorry. Is that not a good topic for our podcast about the general? What's Michael look, Fassbender look, up to? Look, we're going to have about eight more minutes of general talk more than okay. likely. I know. I know. Hold on. Do you guys want to hear... Do you want to hear a wild uh, list-related thing that I just found out about the general? Please. Yes. So, the American Film Institute, um, off-derided on this podcast, has a list called the afi's 100 years 100 laughs where they rank the best uh, comedies the generals funny times for funny people sorry yeah <laughs> the general is number 18 which uh you know i might put higher but that's a that's a respectable showing number 18 yeah so number 18 funniest movie on their uh 100 years 100 movies 10th anniversary edition it is also number 18 so it's the 18th best comedy but also the 18th best movie overall. That's weird, maybe, right? Maybe it's like well, 18th funniest. Funniest? Movie. Yeah. I didn't think it was that funny. Like, that's why I sort of described it as I'm comedy-ish. Kind of no, which is, which for me isn't like, I, I, I think I probably li- liked it more than you did, but I just was like, I mean, I like the gags, but it was not, like, I laughed more in City Lights, for example. I, yeah. I laughed more at, like, Chaplin's like the the silly gags that he did, you know the the, the humorous suicide attempt in City Lights. I laughed at more than I did at much there, of anything in the general. I mean, I think we'll get to this, but I mean, it does it comes up pretty soon. So like, uh, the people fine. steal the train. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that that's where we're at. On, and he grabs onto another train and is like, "I need to go chase him down." Mm-hmm. And this, I think, has my favorite gag in the whole movie, where he's trying to load the cannon. This part. Mm-hmm routinely makes me laugh and i like this is something i go back and even watch on like youtube a lot just because it's like that's some funny shit it's and, like wiley Coy- coyote type shit it really is like he yes. puts he's like he's like trying to load the the uh, cannon with some gunpowder he's like eh, like a little sprinkle will do it and he like puts the, the ball in he like pulls the trigger and then the cannon just goes <laughs> and then he like he like like loads it again he puts like all the gunpowder in and then he like pulls the trigger but like it knocks the cannon down to face the train yeah. and uh then he has yeah. to like get up to the front of the train and like right as it's about to like shoot him he goes around a turn and the uh, the cart that the cannon isn't on hasn't turned with him yet yes and it shoots the train in the distance that was that was really good i really liked that part that's some good shit yeah. yeah, I think most of his bits, though, it really is sort of along the lines of a Jackie Chan type thing where you're not laughing at it. It's more like you're in awe of. Yeah, it's like the audacity. You're just, yeah. you're just like smiling. Yeah. Like, wow. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I like mean... he, Jackie Chan swinging a ladder like and not hitting himself in the head with it when he like rolls it over his face and then hits two people with it at the same time. You're not laughing out loud. You're just but you'll be like, oh my god! Like, how is he doing that? And it's the same thing with yeah. this when he's like hitting the the logs or whatever they are off the train tracks. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. You're not you're not cackling at it, but you're like, like he's he's nuts to be doing this because all he has to do is miss this giant object a little bit, and that train's gonna fall off the track and he's gonna die or <laughs> or at least cost uh, like. I mean, probably 
enough to sink the entire production of the film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I mean, you know, the, when he's so speaking of chasing the train, like when when the train takes off, I did laugh at first at his big plan, which is to just chase the train on foot, and he's just like <laughs> running after it, and he's like, "Come on, guys, let's all go chase down the train." It's like. <laughs> Okay. Like, I just a lot of amused, like, no, okay. And then there's like a funny sort of escalation where he um then gets tries to get one of those hand cars, but like mm-hmm. there's a reason why there's normally two one people on like either side of those, which is going the wrong He's way. Like the then he has to like field. jump up and pull it down. Um and then he ends up getting on like a one of those old timey bicycles at one point and it's like riding a oh, bicycle, bicycle along the tracks. That that was that was like a visual that made me laugh quite a bit. Yeah. Um so, you know, um, he does eventually make it to another train station. Um, and then, oh, oh, I also laughed at the part where he's, they, he gets the next train station. He gets the other train, which is like the Texas, I guess. Um, and literally, and he like loads up with all the soldiers on the, the train. <laughs> and literally right when it revs up, I went, oh no. Like I like, right before it happened, I was like, I, I know it's going to happen. And of course they're not connected and the, the engine pulls away and all the soldiers are just left sitting like still on the tracks. Yeah. I did laugh at that. Um, okay. I have, I have a quick question. Uh, I'm going to play the, did this movie remind you of any other movie game right now? I know exactly. Yeah, it's gotta oh. be the same one I've written down. Ooh, what? Oh, what? Really? what is it? Think? I don't know. Uh, a movie where a bunch of people go in one direction for a half oh. <laughs> and then halfway through they're like, we got to go back. I did see your I did see your letterbox review and I saw some other like articles online that do refer to this as basically the Mad Max Fury Road. Yes. Of it today. Oh, that wasn't what I had. Oh really? Oh, all right. What did you have it... then? I had Unstoppable, where they have a train, they have to go catch the train, and then they have to get the train to go the other way. If I had seen Unstoppable, then I maybe would have thought of that. Uh, I'm gonna throw out a hot take here. Un- Tony Scott's Unstoppable is better than Buster Keaton's The General. Uh, I mean, I, I, I'm Nick, not... Nick takes a swig of. Quite I haven't, sure I haven't the... seen it. I am not uh, that big a Tony Scott fan. Is I, I'm the Tony Scott detractor right, on this right, podcast. Right. Yeah, um, I am the. Sorry, I, I am the on Tony Scott. I am the Tony Scott middle of the grant, like middle of the road, makes pretty good movies, uh, person. So makes you know, great movies. Yeah. Should watch Top Gun. It's almost time for Top Gun again. I like my my Fourth of July t- Tony Scott military propaganda movie. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, gotta do it. Saw that trailer again for the new Top Gun. It's gonna when does that does that come out this summer? No, it comes out in like freaking November or something. Oh, I that's a perfect time to release Top Gun. Um, movie all about sitting in um, the sun and Oscar season. Obviously, no, I don't know. I I don't think that's it's so that. Stupid. I don't think it's that. I think it's pandemic i think it was supposed to come out last summer and then when everything got pushed to this year the calendar got crazy but there's no reason why it should not be coming out like july 4th Fourth of weekend. july yeah like, like th- it's a no-brainer has to be a summer movie yes I, I i yeah i'm very annoyed i did so i do a thing hold on <laughs> i do a thing which i obviously did not get to do last year and it was one of the like sort of most upsetting to my personal um way of life things about the pandemic that just like bothered me all year um but yesterday i got to like now that we're at the midpoint of the year sit down go through one of those lists that like i think i was on film school rejects that was like 
the 68 movies that like you're going to want to see on a big screen this year and like took my calendar out and like pulled that up and just went through my entire calendar for the rest of the year and like next to every weekend wrote which movie is coming out. I do this every year. I've done it for years. Um, <laughs> last year, not doing it was extremely distressing. Um, but it's why I can tell you that, yeah, Top Gun is scheduled for the weekend before Thanksgiving, November 19th. Um, that is dumb. That's a bummer. Yeah. Um, the, yeah. When is, you know, I thought that's when Bond was coming, but Bond is going to be earlier. Bond is October 8th. So, and okay. June is October 1st. So, it's going to be crazy. Is October. Bond going to be the most pushed movie of the pandemic? Yeah. I, I think, think it so. is. Yeah. At least that's like profile. two years almost. It was yeah. the first one to get. And it Bond, had already it? been pushed. So, like, it was supposed to be a 2019 movie. There were production. It was going to be fall of 2019. There were production delays. So they were like, March 2020, here we go. And, like, even before everything shut down, like, they were like, well, we, we need international box office and things yeah, are pretty bad overseas. Yeah, pushed it in, like, December of 2019 before it really even hit here. And everyone was like, that was – they kind of jumped the gun there. Yeah, no, they, um, they no, pushed it. No, not really. Yeah, and then it's been pushed like three times, and now it's finally going to be in October. Um, so yeah, so yeah, there might be some small movie that's floating around, but the, of all the high profile ones, that is the yeah, most yeah. pushed because it was yeah, it was pushed so early. Um, but you know, they were smart about it. So, mm-hmm. oh, sorry. Final Michael Fassbender update. By the way, he has been laying freaking low. Um, yeah, last movie had... on Letterbox is the Dark Phoenix. <laughs> Right. So he basically, he had that like huge 2015, 2016, or even just that whole like run, basically starting with 12 Years a Slave, like in 2013, and even before that shame, but like, just he was making three movies a year, every Mm -hmm. year. And then in 2017, he had Song to Song, and Alien Covenant, and The Snowman. um, Oh, we all all love The Snowman here. Mr. Police. He gave them all the clues. Um... And then nothing except for Dark Phoenix in 2019 since then, um, which I'm sure, oh, you know, he was like contractually in, obligated. He's going to be in Taika Waititi's next Yes, movie. that's what I was building up to, is that the important oh, update... Oh, no, that's I just fine. saw that. That is totally fine. No, is that it, he does have an exciting sounding movie coming out, which is that Taika Waititi soccer movie um, that I'm excited for. I think I think that could be fun. I, I'm... He looks excited. great on the poster. I'm excited to see Taika Waititi go back into um, more lighthearted fare. Let's put it that way. More low stakes <laughs> fare where I think his I, I sensibilities are well suited. Describe there. Yeah, I just I, I think the the story of a underdog soccer team is the right um, level sure. of stakes for his sensibility. Right? Is, is there anything that? you're referring to? That are you, you trying didn't... to be? A, are you trying to be a, as as diplomatic I'm being as possible? Extraordinarily diplomatic. Um, oh sure, sure. I think of the three of us, you're probably and the I'm probably highest. The highest. Movie, yeah, yeah, I actually have. I don't know why we're like not saying the name Jojo Rabbit like it's Voldemort Ugh. or something. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't. I, I I wish I recorded these videos so that I could have taken a screen grab of you guys like simultaneously like doing the sign of the cross. I don't hate that movie by any means. I just Neither like. Do I, but come on, man. I, I know. Yeah, I just I I the I'm befuddled by um people going like so hard for that movie. It's one of those I, movies. I'm I, most befuddled about people going so hard for. Yay, gay Nazi Sam Rockwell. Yeah, that's a tough. 
that's a tough one. What yeah, I, th- I think he's a Nazi. <laughs> I think if that movie like had just come out and had been, and it, this would never would have happened, but it would have been about as high profile as like Hunt for the Wilder People or something, and like didn't get nominated for any Oscars, I'd have been like, interesting, weird little movie. Like, yeah. I, I think it's just the the like, I mean. It, like he won the screenplay Oscar for it, like over Little Women, over, which is like over, a, a, over Little Women, yeah. one of the greatest works of adaptation, um, yeah, of the, the century, yeah. It's, yeah, who Godfather Part Two'd, yeah, this movie that we've yeah. seen a million times before, yeah. Um, if you Google Michael Fassbender, you know sometimes Google will have like questions. Oh, oh, I, I that, love those. I love those questions. Uh, this the the very first one. Are Michael Fassbender and James McAvoy friends? And uh, the quote, when asked by an anonymous user on Tumblr if they were friends, <laughs> Fassbender replied, I love James McAvoy. Hard. <laughs> I, I want to I hear that in, like, Michael Fassbender's Shane voice. Oh, God, I don't, actually. <laughs> oh, my God. Does, does um, anyone want to try to do the Michael Fassbender uh, voice absolutely not no and also like his voice like i mean he's very good at, like at you know all of his various accents i think he's one of the better oh yeah actors he's one of those people where you're like oh wait what is, what is your real voice yeah what does your real voice sound like because i don't even think like think of it yeah what um, was the first movie you saw fastbender in Inglourious Inglourious bastards. bastards okay that would yeah. probably be I was, was curious if, like, Fish Tank for Jana or Hunger for Nick might have been. I've never seen Fish Tank, which is wild, oh. considering you I would, know. You would really like Fish Tank. I know. That's it's so Andrew, it's Andrew Arnold, right? Yeah. 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 I know. It's, it's an I incredibly good movie. I thought you were, like, Andrea Arnold completed. No, I've never seen Fish Tank. Um, okay. I, that's one that I'm going to probably have to watch on my own, or it would be a hard sell for Matt, because he hated American, he hated American Honey, Honey so much. He hated American Honey so much. I think that's not an unreasonable thing that, to feel. That when Sasha Lane showed up on Loki, last week he was like i was like oh look 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 and he's like oh yeah she looks familiar and i was like that's sasha lane and he was like okay and i was like from american honey and he went oh (laughs) he went from being excited that he recognized her to being like oh never mind (laughs) it's like sorry no he's i i know i've told the story before he's such a good sport he loves like going to go a movie that he's never heard of doesn't know what it is like he'll show up after work on a friday and be like what are we seeing i don't know what this movie is let's do it um and that's the only time where he was like I regret this, but you know, the only time it's the only time it's the only time that I've done that to him. Um, where I mean, granted, a three hour long movie, largely with unprofessional actors and Shia LaBeouf looking like he looks, it's a it's a tough set. Yeah, fish fish tank might be an easier sell than that. Although, if his starting point is, well, you won't hate it as much as um, (laughs) honey, yeah, is this other movie? It's an it's like an hour shorter, it's only two hours long, but it's also like, um, instead of middle america or wherever they are in mm-hmm. in american yeah. honey it's poor people in england and yeah no one some, no one wears a confederate things. flag bikinis by the way that's how we're tying this no. together now is um, yes, riley keogh wears an american flag uh, a confederate flag bikini in that movie um yeah, some troublesome I can, things I definitely happen. In why someone tech. wouldn't dig American? <laughs> yeah, money. no, I, I can too. But uh, it's not like the most crowd pleasing, you know, universal film no. to watch. No, I will. Uh, I will say it was basically the opposite of the time when I sprung a movie on him that he didn't know what it was about or anything, and it was Short Term Twelve. Um, that that went over a lot better than um, <laughs> American Honey did. 
Uh, yeah. Are, no, basically. are we going to get Stephanie Beatrice supporting actress talk going yet? Um, oh, right. To, to complete the. Um, I'm not the, sure it's uh, complete, but folks. complete the main cast that went on to do something pretty for much short term 12. Yeah. No, I heard. I mean, I, I was going to do like a sort of joking. Um, uh, make that my award season push, but <laughs> she's just barely in in the heights. Um, Damn it. But she's good she, at it. She's good in it. She would not be the person getting. No, except we were talking about this. Last, I mean, it would be like if, if you're if you're going that direction, it's like if you're going that direction, I would do Daphne Rubin Vega. Um, Same, but it, but it would be. I mean, actually, Olga Meredith. So is that the the like grandmother or the mother? Olga Meredith. Yeah, is the grandmother? Is the I haven't seen the the movie yet, so I don't really yeah. know. But I yeah. like they said that on Big Picture, like she was sort yeah, of like, Olga Meredith. Yeah. I actually don't like her performance. Interesting. That yeah. that is a hot take. That is a hot take. She, so while I was watching it, I was I was looking people up, like trying to figure out where they were from, if they had been in anything I'd seen before. And mm-hmm. with her, like before even looking it up, I'm like, she has to have been the person who played this on stage because her Just- performance feels very much like a stage performance and not like a film performance. And she She's- was. She's also only now 65, and, like, so when she played this on Broadway, she was, like, in her early 50s. Yeah. And and so it is kind of, like, a theatrical. She's playing, like, a much older woman, and, like, yeah. Yeah, so it it just felt far too um, stagey for me then. Right. I still think that's a hot take. I think she's good. (laughs) But I I, I know what you mean. I can can see that. But, but like Daphne Rubin Vega is also a, a stage yeah. performer, and she's—I I think she's fantastic in the movie. Yeah, she's the woman who owns the uh, beauty shop. Uh, okay, Daphne Rubin Vega is so, and she she has like a lot of good little parts, and then she kind of gets one spotlight moment where she gets to kick off a song. Um, and yeah, she's really she, good. She gets the Anne Hathaway sings. I, I like, moment. and I like that she gets to, gets to be in this movie too because she. I think she, I think the real story is that she wasn't in Rent because she was pregnant. But the Rent movie also does a weird thing where it um, keeps all of its, its original male cast members and recasts the women with younger women. <laughs> and so not it's all not, uh, the not all she got Elsa Cordelia person. chased. What's her yeah. name? Idina Menzel. Thank you. But I but they. Adult and, and, and don't get me wrong, I'm always happy to see both Rosario Dawson and Tracy Toms in oh, movies, yeah. 100%, but they both came in. Um, also, like, that movie replacing. just doesn't work at all. Yeah, no. It and it, it, it's based on a somewhat problematic play in many ways. It's not. But it was, like a, I mean, it was a phenomenon, right? Like, oh, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. Like, for sure, it was a huge success. But, like, but. I think the play seems pretty shaky at best, and then. You put Chris I, Columbus on the on the job, and yeah, I take it I'm the only person who's excited about Tick Tick Boom. Anybody else excited about Tick Tick Boom? Probably not. The mm. no, the I'll new watch John. It. Okay, uh, I, I just yeah, I, I, I think I don't have any ill will going into Tick Tick Boom. Yeah. Is what I'll say. I just I I thought whatever. the trailer looked good. The thing that makes me the most nervous about it is that it's Lin Manuel Miranda directing, like directing yeah. his first movie. I'm not sure that. Like, I think one thing but, we've learned, though, is he's definitely best at doing things behind the scenes than sure. on the screen. So, it, yeah, like, it good. really could translate that that and would work for film, too. it's a real passion project, which yeah, yeah, can yeah. go both ways, um, yeah. but can sometimes pay off really well. So, um, 
Yeah, I also I, they don't, play I'm that not show. familiar with the music. I haven't listened to the musical. I've I've listened to a couple of the songs, but I'm I'm not remotely as familiar as with Rent. Um, but mm. I thought the trailer looked good. They played the trailer before in the Heights, um, and I think Andrew Garfield looks good in it. So I'm I'm intrigued. But that's that's much more of like a movie that is made for me to be excited about. I don't think it's going to be. Speaking of crowd pleasing hits, I do not think it's going to be that. Um, What's this podcast about? The General? The General. general. Okay. We're about halfway um, through the movie, so. We are like halfway through the movie. Um, so, yeah, what happens? Uh, the, the soldiers are on the one train. He's chasing them on the other train. Um, and, like, they're ripping off the railroad ties. And um, <laughs> that's always funny. Like you said, they put in the, the wood blocks on there. That, that's some good stuff as he's trying to knock them off. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I think I know that's one of the things I think Ebert calls out. Um, yeah, and it's basically it's just this really, really long chase sequence that I'm I'm gonna go out on a limb and say is not quite as compelling as the chase sequence in Mad Max Fury Road. Um, uh, sure, but and apparently that was one of the issues. Like the reviews at the time, people were just like, "Oh my god, it's just this long chase. What's happening?" <laughs> like it was one of the reasons why it was not. Um, I mean, yeah, we surprisingly, got those not for Fury Road too. Yeah. That's it true. Was, That's true. It, it was not very popular. Like it, mm-hmm. um, I think it's it not. basically made what it cost. So mm-hmm. they overall lost money on it. Yeah, it says the budget was seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars, which is a lot of money. Like I, I don't know if I want to dig out the inflation calculator again, but that's I'm like out the okay. Figure out what seventy five or seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars in nineteen twenty six was. Um, it's a lot of money. Yeah. I'm gonna do 25. Just I that probably shouldn't have it. Oh, that. sure, yeah, that's fine. Seven fifty. Uh, it's eleven million dollars. Oh, I was gonna say ten, hmm. so that would have been uh. So Which is not for uh, yeah. Um, to be fair, I think like the studio system now. If we wanted to like inflate by that, like the studio system's a lot bigger and. They're pu- pu- throwing yeah, movies more overall money have inflated. So, yeah. like, maybe yeah. eleven million dollar movie then would be like a fifty to seventy million dollar. Yeah, that that makes sense. Um, but yeah, eventually, um, he yeah he keeps going north, and then he gets caught. Basically, like, is what happens. He gets surrounded and has to hop off the the train and and make a run for it and go hide. Um, and that's this is like the part uh, where we we haven't mentioned that his his ex-fiancé has been kidnapped? Yes, yeah. I mentioned that she was on the train going to see her um, decrepit old father, but um, when the train gets stolen, she's on the train, she has been kidnapped, and so now part of this is, like, he's going to rescue her because she has been kidnapped by these mean, terrible Union soldiers. Mm -hmm. Um, So, like, basically the... The... Union soldiers who are being chased by him don't realize for most of the first half of the movie that it's not a whole train full of right. a ton of soldiers. They right. think it's like not just the what is the, lo- the locomotive. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, and, just like the engine or whatever. Yeah, yeah, and then they ultimately figure out that it is just him. And at that point, he sort of has to to right. They're like, wait, where are we running hide. from this guy? Yeah. Um. Sorry, I just got distracted noticing that I was looking. I was looking at the cast list. 
Um, and the actor, there's an actor credited um, with playing the Confederate general whose name is Frederick Vroom. He's a he's a, Vroom, a Vroom, Vroom guy. guy. Yeah. Sorry, that's all. I just couldn't let that go. I was going to forget if I didn't bring it up. He's also in Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. Oh, hey. I, Navigator. I liked Mr. Smith Goes to Washington a lot when I saw it in high school. I have no idea. They don't make you watch that in law school? No, they made me, made me watch it in high school, but did not make us watch it in law school. The only movie I was made to watch in law school, well, there were a couple, but the main one is... um. The Verdict, the Paul Newman movie, The Verdict. Sure. Like, that's a movie that, like, lawyers love about lawyers. Um, so. How accurate is it to lawyering? Um, it was shown in my evidence class. So I think kind of. Um, okay. You know, or at least it, it deals with some procedural stuff that, like, I had a, this, <laughs> that's a tangent. Um, I had a really cool evidence professor who, like, basically would show us movies or we would watch old episodes of um like uh law and order and stuff and then uh-huh. we would pause it and whenever anyone like when a piece of evidence was entered and then we would have to object and like say what the objection was or should be and then we would watch how it played out on the law and order it was really cool, that's, like, cool. That's, that's actually really cool it was actually really really cool um i i uh yeah. years years ago and now i definitely don't have the time to do this and at the time didn't do it because i didn't think i had the time to do it so um but i i wanted to do a podcast where uh we like me and a couple other doctor friends would go through scrubs episode by episode and say here's where the medicine is good here's where the medicine is bad here's where like the actual depiction of like a doctor's job is accurate or inaccurate because for the most part scrubs is pretty close. yeah as like, scrubs is the one that would be the best to do it with right because you actually there yeah, would actually be yeah. some things that would be accurate as opposed to doing like a house doctor, right? yeah say that again was it was it written by someone that was in the medical field previously i think that's what i've heard no it was written by um bill lawrence but his uh friend and like, uh, I don't know if it was like a former roommate of his, but somebody who is close so. with is a, uh, I think oh, okay. a cardiothoracic surgeon or something like that. And he, Whoa. he, um, is basically he was like Turk a, kind of. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So he, he was like a close advisor on the show. Yeah. So I think they had a lot more medical, uh, professional input I, than, than something like house, which is like just a pat- patently absurd. Yeah. I, I always want to revisit Scrubs. I've seen Scrubs 8 million times. I like It's one of those TV shows that I bought on DVD when TV show mm-hmm. DVDs were brand new. So like in college, I would have the DVDs and be watching them. Um, and so I've seen it a million times, but I haven't seen it in a really long time. One, It is streaming, I think, but now I do all of my sitcom watching like right before bed. Mm-hmm. And Scrubs, like... It's not like a 30 Rock or, a, you know, something where it's all laugh a minute. Like, you can get hit with a real wallop of a bummer <laughs> and yeah. I, I just can't take that kind of risk before bed these days just i can't i can't do it some of those episodes are a little cheese ball uh I've, I've watched them like semi recently but cheese ball enough that you may like just roll your eyes rather than feel <laughs> bummed out by them maybe that's just my I, cynicism i am such a i am i am way too sensitive i am such a sucker like there's no i <laughs> Yeah, I, I have no Bet- chance. Between uh, the abuela from In the Heights, me saying that all this stuff is uh, <laughs> like know. just sap, like all these patients <laughs> dying is sappy crap, Jojo Rabbit. Uh, you guys, I'll, yeah, just, you're I'll just, real cynic I'll, today. 
I'll just uh, air out the dirty laundry of I don't like Richard E. Grant and <laughs> can you ever forgive me? Oh, I forgot him. We talked about that last night. I are I had already forgotten that. I, I probably would have not remembered if you Him hadn't brought that. Che- chewing on the scenery like a rat on drywall <laughs> for an hour and a half. Jesus Christ! <laughs> the hell, Nick? You, you're like doubling down. You were kind of like, uh, I don't think he's that good. <laughs> now you're just a, chewing on the scenery like a rat on drywall. Ah. Uh. Unbelievable. Yeah. He's so good in that movie. He's really good in that movie. Do you like the movie overall? Do you like uh, Melissa McCarthy in it, or are you just not? I like not her in vibing? it. Okay. I like her in it. Um, Who's the director of it? It's uh, Marielle Heller. Marielle Heller, right? Yeah. Yeah. She's good. She's great. I, I really yeah. like the way that she her like she gives things a certain like arid tone. Yeah. yeah I I like Diary of a Teenage Girl better than Can You Ever Forgive Me? Interesting. Yeah. I haven't seen that. Rude. Oh, man. Terrible Richard E. Grant opinion. That is so Boo. wild. Oh, God. Um, if we're talking about supporting uh, acting performances from her movies, Kristen Wiig blows Richard E. Grant away uh, in her performance in, in Die of a Teenage Girl. Teenage Girl compared who's, to Who's e. the, the man in that? Who's like the... Oh, I can't remember. Um, it's somebody that I... It's someone who I'm always... Good. Uh, yes. Yeah. Okay. I was gonna say I, I knew it was somebody that I liked. That's why I was like, "Who is it?" I was gonna yeah. say I know that it's somebody who every time I've seen him since then, I always assume he's gonna do something creepy because he's so skeevy, right? He's so skeevy in that movie. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, he has that energy, but um. Yeah. The general. Sorry. The general. Sorry, I was just. I think thinking we're at the, I think we're at the halfway like. Basically, oh, yeah. we're at the part where they they're about to go back. Yeah, because he goes in the house. Um, he finds like, out about a plan. Yeah, he he ends he like hides on he goes in the house. I can't. It's like raining or something. I don't know. He goes inside. Yeah, he's cold and hungry he's and cold trying and to get hungry food. And um, so but then he has to like duck uh, dive under a table when all the <laughs> the Union soldiers come in and they all describe or they all make the plan for the big surprise attack they're going to do on the bridge. Um, and then while he's hiding in there, he sees Annabelle and, and sees where she's being kept. And so he does a daring escape and rescues her, and then they run back out. I love the shot where the the reason he sees her is because um, somebody burns a hole through the tablecloth mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. with a cigar that burns him, and then through that hole is where he sees yeah. Annabelle. Yeah. It's just a... A I nice think the Ebert shot. essay calls out that right, and it, mm-hmm. something I read calls it out. It's great staging. To talks that about way. the like the sort of like sh- when it turns around and you can see him looking out through it. Um, yeah, yeah. Us- cool. uh, using the hole in the cloth to create a, a found Irish shot, one of those shots so beloved to Griffith, in which a circle is drawn around a key element on the screen. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and so then they decide, not decide, um, but then they make their escape um, and are going to, um, do they steal the, um, yeah, so it's basically just, rever- it's freaking whatchamacallit, it's um, <laughs> it's Mad Max, they turn around <laughs> yeah, yeah. and they head back in the other direction and now they are being pursued um, and then. Wait, we, we've got to mention, uh, they run into a, an animal. When they're out in the wilderness. Oh yeah. Is oh, yeah. he a bear? Yeah. Is that a real bear? Does any does anyone know? I don't know. I don't know. Do you know? 
Could be. No, I don't. I don't. I was wow. wondering if like you did any research and was like. No, I did. Well, I did. I did not research the bear specifically. No, that I, I, I totally had written that line. I'd written Buster that line King down and I forgot. There there. I, that's my. I mean, what else would it? D- dumb question. But what Apparently else? Apparently, it's be? not. Oh, okay. okay. Wait, they, hold on. Or do they like? Can they? Is it like another shot of a bear they could layer in or something? I don't. Or no. like a person D- in a bear costume. I'm really exposing my ignorance of how they made movies back in those days. Oh. They, they got the, it was the same it, it, it was the same actor that was in the revenant <laughs> uh, i was gonna say when i said it's not i was reading from an article that's actually describing the bear attack scene in the revenant so. <laughs> please disregard um, look at me go. Wait, you tried to, to look up the general and accidentally read an article about the revenant listen i i look up the revenant so often that sometimes the algorithm oh, just oh, this ships me. me. This reminds me, and I know that I could Google this myself as opposed to asking you guys to remind me on the podcast. Um, but when I saw, or when I rewatched 2001 last week, I, re- I re-marveled at the the scene where, like, the the wild cat or the whatever the, the animal yeah. is that jumps out. The, the, the jaguar or the, the jaguar. puma or whatever. They, they, am I correct in remembering that like that was like a real like puma or whatever and they really had it jump on a guy in a suit? Like, yeah. okay, yeah. that's what I thought. Because like, when the movie was over, Matt and I were talking about it. I'm like, I know I looked this up way back when we covered it for the podcast, but I'm pretty sure they like had, had a stunt guy in there and they had to very quickly like let the thing jump on him and then get him out of there. Um, wild filmmaking. Just... What a not, not, a crazy not the best thing to way do. to make a movie, I think. But, uh, and still, probably a... way safer than any of the shit that Keaton's doing in this movie. True. Yeah, I was gonna say Kubrick is, you know, he he made some some pretty aggressive choices, but yeah. um. Yeah. Luckily, <laughs> most of what Keaton is doing is just to himself. So true. He's not really. Yeah. It's not like other he, like, people. Hey, like random stunt double with a wife and children and stuff like uh, so we're, we're gonna, gonna have to throw you a. Jump off of a rocky cliff and onto you and tackle you to the ground. Like, God, that's a good movie, guys. Watch really that movie. again. Um, did it, what? What was your guys' reaction when Annabelle like just takes a step and uh, just like the Shia LaBeouf song? Ah, she's caught in a bear trap. <laughs> the what song? <laughs> How old are you two? Ancient. You're quite old. We are senior citizens. I literally don't know this what you're referencing. This was early internet reference. Like, neither, ni- neither of you know the Shia LaBeouf song? I'm Googling Shia LaBeouf's song. Is it a song he sang or a song about no, him? No, it's a song about Shia LaBeouf. It's about Shia LaBeouf being a cannibal and trying to kill someone. Oh, so it's not like the David Duchovny song. I don't know is... what the David Duchovny song. Nick, you know what the David Duchovny song is, right? I don't know what either of you are talking about. Okay, well, <laughs> there was a there was a radio that. hit in the like late '90s, early 2000s called "The Company." Why don't you love me? I promise I'm not making that up. It was on the radio. Oh, I do know this guy. I know his face. Oh, he's he's from X Files. Oh, I didn't realize you didn't know who David Duchovny was. <laughs> what? Sorry, my levels just. I understand not knowing a novelty Nick, song. Nick checked out and threw his like headphones off. His You're gonna have to do something to that audio file because I just blew out. <laughs> I, I I I recognize. Have him. you seen the movie Zoolander? Yeah, yeah. Like I've I've seen this guy, but like I didn't know his name was David. This guy. This guy. Also, we just talked about. You're watching, watching Twin, Twin Peaks. Peaks. Is he in Twin Peaks? 
Oh, Dylan. Oh, Dylan. <laughs> he's the um. Oh, Dylan. He's the the old fr- agent friend who shows up and goes by a different name now. Oh. And uses different pronouns. That's oh, David yeah. Duchovny. That's David Duchovny. That's David Duchovny. Yeah. That's the X Files guy. It's David Duchovny right before the X Files. That was like one of the last things he did right did... before he got the X Files. Huh. Okay, I didn't even recognize that that was the person. Yeah. Like, I, like I said, I, I looked it up and I was like, oh, it's the guy with the face. Oh, but, um... <laughs> Nick <laughs> looks like really he wants to die. I'm so old. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen X Files. It's something I should do at some point. What? I've never finished X Files. In, in, no one. In, no one. I don't yeah, think no one, anyone no one, has yeah. finished the X Files. There. I don't think that's ever happened. <laughs> even, even David Duchovny and Julian. I don't, I, like, I don't eh, think. I'm not going to yeah. watch season nine or whatever. Eleven, wherever they ended up. Um, no, I think I, I know. I told you this before, but I, I don't. If you didn't make it to six last time, six has season six has some really standout episodes. Um, I can't really vouch for anything after six. Okay. <laughs> so, but if uh, if you can. And, and frankly, like, feel free to Wait, okay. Wikipedia Jump what happens. Yeah. Ra- and, and just like, oh, ra- there's a radio song about this David Duchovny. Yes, it was. A, he was very famous. X Files was very famous. I'm, t- I'm going to tell you. I, I know X Files. I just. Yeah. I'm, I'm still trying to get over the fact they. they made David Duchovny was a song recorded by a singer, a singer songwriter named Bree Sharp. Um, From 2016. No, 1999. What? 1999. Oh, right. I promise. Um, um, and it, it's very funny. And it um, it literally would, like, play on the radio. Like, and it's about David Duchovny yeah. being a cannibal? Uh-huh. Yeah. The, uh, no, about being a cannibal. About being just a handsome guy on the X-Files. Um, oh, no, see, the Shia LaBeouf song is about him being a cannibal. Yeah, no, that's why I was saying it's not like the David Duchovny song. I was drawing a distinction. Uh, 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 this okay, was yeah. just a song My about mind how went to, I, don't I have a crush on this guy. I don't think anyone's ever heard of this David Duchovny person. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, I don't think Nick's going to ever, like, ever talk to me. <laughs> you should watch The X-Files is... It's a good yeah. show. I, I, was really good. Are you familiar with the band Eve Six? Eve Six. No, of course. I what? Why? Why would he be familiar with the band Eve Six? Apparently, the the guy's Twitter account has become popular because he it, uh, posts like kind of empty-headed. Yeah, that guy. Leftist the Eve, rhetoric. The, yeah, the Eve Six dude has become a bit of a resistance Twitter um, mm-hmm. hit. Um, but no, Wait, there was a band what, what, called what does Eve Six. Have to do with anything? Well, there's an episode. Of the X Files, it looks like season one, episode eleven, called mm-hmm. Eve, okay. uh, that has it's about clones, clones, and it's one of the scariest things I've ever seen. Made it's like you, ne- yeah, you need to adjust that for. I probably saw it when I was eight or nine, but um, those X, those scary X Files episodes. I did a rewatch whew. about seven yeah. years ago now of the first few home. seasons. Those the episode Home can't is, talk about Home. Oh, oh no, Dylan, you'd love it. Like. You'd love I, it's a show. It's like one of those shows that I think I need to get to. Like that's home Sopranos is and... what I imagine the Texas Chainsaw Massacre is like, but I haven't seen Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I think home is I, like I can't have someone confirm this because neither of you have seen Texas. Chainsaw. I know, but, but there's almost nothing like Texas Chainsaw. Massacre. Right? No, I just mean that like it's it's about a creepy family and it it's very unsettling. Uh, okay. and it's I, very unsettling. It, that it sounds yeah. like it's up my alley. It's fun though because X Files then also has like. It's like really funny comedic episodes. There's like an episode from one of the later seasons um, 
uh, called Bad Blood that's like about maybe vampires and Luke Wilson's in it for some reason and it's really funny. We love a good young Luke Wilson pop. Yeah, it's it's pretty good. Um, Is that song named after the Taylor Swift song? <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. They, they traveled through time and named nice. it after the Taylor Swift song. Um, there, I thought you meant the Taylor Swift there's song also... called Luke Wilson. I was like... <laughs> How do I not know this reference? Like Taylor Swift's my generation. There is an episode of The X-Files that's like The Thing, which I didn't know at the time was like The Thing because I hadn't heard of it yet. Oh, Nick, how was Um, watching The Thing last night? Oh, we finally finished it. It only took us three (laughs) hours or whatever. It was like 1 a.m. Yeah. I'm sure I was like asleep by the time you guys actually (laughs) finished The Thing three hours to the east. Um, yeah, I can't wait to watch the thing. I know I make a lot of promises, but um, I'm pretty serious about the John Carpenter thing because I want to listen to all those blank check episodes when they do John yeah. Carpenter in the fall. They're doing so. that. Oh, all right. I think it's well. It'll be it'll be after Singleton, so I think it'll be starting like August. Okay. As as a blank check, a new newbie. a new blankie. Yes. Noob. Um, when they don't have the draft, how do they decide who they want to talk about? They just pick. They just pick. They have, like a, and, and, they have like a, a list that they've been keeping. And, then they and just once decide. a year, they do a draft. Yes, once a year they do a draft. Do so one, yeah, so one, so the bracket. So one miniseries a year is picked via the March Madness bracket. Um, okay. Everything else, they just pick themselves. And so I remember, I think it was on Sims's list. They had, he had the archers down. Mm-hmm. Could the archers just show up as a series so at some point that it, he just, he's like, okay, we're doing archers It next. could but, um, and now we're getting deep into the minutiae of another podcast, it could, but they've sort of explained that for older choices or sort of pro- like more esoteric choices, they kind of put them on the bracket to see what the level of interest is and and go that way. Well, they, they got bills to pay. Um, I know they so... got bills to pay. I just wanted to talk about my urchins. I know. And so, but no, it absolutely could. It doesn't, just because it's on there doesn't mean that they, that's the only way they would do it. I'm, I'm not giving up hope on my seventies Altman miniseries. Um, yeah, that'd be a great So that, you know, um, and a lot of times they, they've often picked like the runner up, like George Miller, I think was a runner up who they then okay. did on the, they just went ahead and did. Um, oh, they're definitely going to do um, uh, Gore Verbinski. Yeah, they're yeah. going to do Gore. Gore's they really owe that to sure. Karen. Karen, Karen Hahn, I know. Long and hard for that one. Yeah, I. So the, the Gore Verbinski thing, I mean, it's the, for a while they 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 came extremely close to doing a Michael Bay miniseries, and then like apparently they actually had like scheduled, and then I can't remember why they didn't do it. Um, but any of those directors that have like a franchise that like sits in the middle. Uh, it's kind of a bit of a slog, but yeah. I mean, they did, Chris, they did Christopher Nolan and, and Tim Burton and stuff. So, you know, it's not a deal breaker, but I'm excited for John Carpenter though. I really am excited to watch those movies. Um, yeah. Anyway. So there's this song where Shia LaBeouf is a cannibal. <laughs> we have to really unwind this thread. I also... <laughs> and at one point the person's trying to like walk into this house to escape Shia LaBeouf. And there's this really famous line where the person goes, ah, my leg, it's caught in a bear trap. I thought everyone knew this. No. I thought everyone knew this. I so there's it's like a, lot a performance of like... art song where there's like these half naked people with Shia LaBeouf heads like on a stage. It's there's, real early. There's internet a stuff lot of early on. internet stuff. Like I, I'm googling, I... and this is from 2012. 
That yeah. is not the early. That is, I was gonna say, wait a minute, hold on. Let's go back to early. I was thinking like Homestar Runner, like early internet stuff. I don't know what Homestar Runner is. Oh Jesus fucking Christ! 2012. I, 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 I was early internet stuff. I was starting residency. You were 2012? probably 2012. I was working in a law firm. Like, yeah. <laughs> I was thinking, for me, I mean, whatever, I'm old as shit. For me, early internet is like being on Buffy the Vampire Slayer boards in 1998. Like, oh, that's early yeah. internet, yeah, you know? I guess, like, early YouTube. Like, early YouTube, I'd consider, like, 2006 to maybe 2013. Before yeah, it became, I'll, like, even brands like, and vloggers and stuff like that. Yeah, I did not opt into any of it. Yeah, because by 2000, I graduated college in 2006. So um, I was I was on, like, a lot of, like, weird internet shit in college but okay. I, that, I think that's why youtube missed me because i gotcha. i you gotcha. know went to grad but school you guys stuff. know the gif of like uh shia labeouf clapping like he's in citizen kane yes yeah it, that's the end of the thing is like they're putting on this performance art talking about how shia labeouf is a serial killer murdering people is he involved he's violently with it? killed well i don't know how much he was involved with the production but at the end of the performance the camera turns around to a completely empty audience besides shia and labeouf doing okay. the citizen kane clap Okay, uh, that this I'm familiar. Things that live on in GIF form, I am probably more true. familiar with. True. Um, Did yeah. you Google this, Nick? Did you find proof that this is not a fever dream Dylan had? Uh, I saw that what year it was from, and then I was, and, and then <laughs> he had a rage stroke. And um... I think I've lost more goodwill in this single episode than I have in. The also, this has to be the most that anybody's ever talked about Shia LaBeouf on a Buster Keaton podcast. <laughs> Yeah, because <laughs> we also talked about American Honey at some length. So, um, anyway, uh. so she was caught in a bear trap, which I just was like, "That's a large thing to yeah. get someone caught in bear traps." I think yeah. bear traps are pretty violent. Like, I think they usually like well, go down to the bone. Well, literally that, that, rip a person's head apart. I was gonna say that 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 shoot will that will that will strip your. Your foot to the bone is. I know, it's just again, like, as, yeah. just it's like, for bears. Oh, oh no, <laughs> it is for bears. Lest we forget, Annabelle must be like a like a unbreakable superhero to just be like oh, uh, bear yeah. trap. Need That's, to kick that off. Ebert, Ebert keeps calling her. Movie. Ebert keeps calling her Annabelle Lee. Is that actually her name in the movie and not Annabelle? I thought it was Annabelle. Oh, I didn't know. You're right. He does call her. He adds is a that Lee a? Yeah, is that like a uh, uh, I mean, an Edgar like Allan Poe reference? Oh, that okay. I was trying to figure out because I was like, oh, Annabelle Lee, of course. Why do I know that name? And that's a no. A Poe well, thing, huh? the wiki calls her Annabelle Lee. Maybe her last name is Lee. That would actually make sense. Like her full oh, name he's is Annabelle. Gray Lee. and she's Lee. Oh, and, yeah. there, there we that go. That is Robert. Okay. Good old Bobby. <laughs> Bobby E. Yeah, unfortunately, her father is only credited as Annabelle's father. And her brother as Annabelle's brother, so we will never know. Kind of looks like Robert E. Lee. Oh, sorry, I mentioned this uh, on uh, last night or whenever I was watching the movie. Um, but before we stop talking about X Files on this Buster Keaton podcast, this movie, the, the name of the co director of this movie is Clyde Bruckman, who, um, for the X Files fans out there, one of the greatest episodes of all time is called Clyde Bruckman's Final Repose. Um, and it stars um oh my god i don't think yeah. i remember this episode <gasps> you you it, it stars my my okay well my beloved um what's dad <laughs> did you say, from did you, see, did you have to change it from our beloved to my beloved no right well no i i had took a turn because i almost described him in a way that would have um it's peter it stars peter boyle um and so who's the dad everybody loves raymond 
but he's also the dad from While You Were Sleeping. He's also the monster in Young Frankenstein. Yeah, so, where, you know, uh, that's where a lot of people would know him okay. from. I, I saw the, the screenshot of it, and I, I remember this now. Yeah. And he, Peter Boyle in Taxi Driver? He's, uh, like, his friend who's, I think he's also a taxi driver. He, like, meets with him in the diner or whatever. Okay. And then he's in, uh, he's in, um, Friends of Eddie Coyle. Oh, he's great in that movie. Oh, I need to see that. Um, anyway, Clyde Bruckman's Final Repose is the next Files episode about a guy who can see how people are going to die. Mm-hmm. Um, is basically his power slash curse. Um, he's a life insurance salesman, and he can see how people are going to die. It's like it's one of like the really sort of like tragic X Files episodes. It's not really. It's spooky. It's not scary, and it's kind of like very sad. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it just has, so also to be clear, speaking of the early internet, back in the day, you really had to go out of your way to figure out what TV episodes were called. You had to like buy a TV guide and see what it was listed as, or see if it would be posted online anywhere. It was like the late nineties. Um, and as obsessive as I was about Buffy the Vampire Slayer, I had a good friend, um, who was equally as obsessive about the X-Files and kept mm-hmm. like notebooks and information. So she knew all the episode titles and everything. Um, we were again i can't reiterate how cool i was um and so i mean you, was this the person that like had the gladiator soundtrack in her car on no that's a different friend that's that's a that's an entirely different friend she was my star trek friend so you know oh, we, we that, all have our that's my friend then. we all we all have our um our great qualities i should make um, you guys watch a star trek movie Oh, yeah. Um, anyway, end of my X-Files story is that I remembered this episode because the, the episode titled Clyde Bruckman's Final Repose is very memorable. Um, and I had no idea that that name was taken was a from reference. a real life guy. And so when it popped up as co-directed by Clyde Bruckman, I was like, holy crap. Um, <laughs> that's pretty cool. It's a, it's a fun little legacy. Apparently, there's other people in the episode, I think, who... Um, oh, uh, two detective characters in that episode oh, are Eddie named Havez and Klein after Gene Havez and Eddie Klein. Um, other so like it was just like a weird little Buster Keaton like is there reference, reference. storyline in X Files or is it just serialized mysteries each time? There is, but it's really drawn out. It's yeah, it's it's almost entirely standalone, but there is an overarching like conspiracy storyline that every um, three episodes every three or four episodes they'll push a little bit more towards like a grander thing okay. that takes... And then in between season five and six they did a theatrical movie. Um that is sort of all about the conspiracy that is I didn't the movie fun to watch but not well regarded. <laughs> no. I like okay. it a lot. But um um yeah. All right, we'll have to compare Firewalk with me or X-Files the movie better. X-Files Fight the Future. Um, Fight the Future. Interesting. I did not know what it was called. Yeah. I'm assuming Firewalk with me is probably, well, it's definitely more ambitious. The the X-Files movie is an X-Files episode, like, that's two hours long and has some bigger stunts. Fight the Future is basically uh, what Tenet is. Yeah, that's true. Uh, one of my friends got to go to that tenant 70 millimeter screening that got sold out that i didn't get tickets to um and said it was awesome and i am insane of course it was it was it was tenant on the big screen like and that theater where it's the same theater where i saw 2001 that theater is so loud that i can't like like i think i told you when i saw 2001 and like I, I literally thought I was gonna have to flee the theater with how loud some of it was um i bet tenant just sounded so good in there 
anyway, didn't get to go. So but we're on a Buster Keaton the General podcast. Um, okay, yeah. Also, it's I was like, we're not gonna, you know, talk for too long. And I think um, this is how long our Duck Soup podcast was like at this probably. point. Yeah. Okay, well, there's not that much to say about yeah, they're going they, back the other direction. They go back and then they fight a war. Yeah, yeah. And, and most of the stunts have already happened. Right, I really think like was... most of like the like the set pieces. There's right. another what? cannon joke. Um, yeah. There's the train that gets blown up. Um, I was gonna say what is worth talking about is that they fully like blow up a bridge and have yeah. a train go bridge over of the it. Empire style. Yeah. Um. In. You know, in something that if I was watching it now, I would be like, well, obviously that's CGI. Obviously they did not really blow up a bridge and send a train down into a gorge, but apparently they did. They just did that. Uh, yeah. And there's like huge crowds too. I mean, I think they talk about how many extras there were, but just like, just t- it, it looks expensive, you know, put it yeah. on the screen, right? That's what they say a, about it, the budget. It's, it looks good. As we talked it about does. in the it Tony Stark Crimson tied up said, like, not a cent goes to waste in this yeah. movie. It's like... It's, well, yeah, you can see it feels expensive. It looks expensive. Um, it seems crazy that anybody let him do this, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything else about the, the chase back and the, the big battle that we want to talk about before we wrap up the plot with the sort of goofy ending of this movie? <laughs> <laughs> the ending. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think I'm good. Nick, do you yeah. have anything more? No, I mean, the the war scene's pretty good. Like, mm-hmm. give yeah, it yeah, time. Yeah. Oh, I think it's great, yeah. And I like when he shoots the cannon directly up, and it's just like... <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's got this, like, face of, like, well, <laughs> probably <laughs> nothing will happen, but just in case, I'm going to walk myself just out. Go over there, yeah. I do like, I think it's in that same bit where he, there, he's, it's like him and a few other guys and they're loading the cannon, like a few other, uh, Confederate soldiers, they're loading the cannon and the soldiers near him are just like getting picked off one by one. Yes. Yes. I, <laughs> that too. It's, it's pretty good for yeah. uh, a couple of reasons. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, yeah, it's a good, it's a really good battle scene. I was, I was very impressed by it. And it's again, makes me feel just sort of extremely basic where I'm like, well, yeah, I like this. This feels like a, like a real movie. <laughs> this feels like a large scale modern movie. Of course I like this. Um, but yeah, it's good. Um, although, uh, alas, I guess, um, the Confederacy prevails. <laughs> um, hooray. Uh, although, yeah. although like, a, how, what's the, the, how it started, how it's going. <laughs> True. Fair enough. Meme. Fair enough. There you go. A joke's going to be on them. Yeah. Um, and so uh, he is fi- basically, his his reward is that um, he's finally allowed to join the army and is, is commissioned as a lieutenant, as an officer. Huzzah. Huzzah. And we get this, like, celebratory shot of him, like, in a Confederate uniform with like the, his like officer sword and everything. I get Hooray. a fight to enslave people. <laughs> um, and then it, that part aside, it has like this sort of cute ending where he wants to now yeah. kiss Annabelle um, and has to sort of like multitask with saluting the soldiers. Salute, and, yeah, um, saluting is yeah. That's, that's and, a good bit. It's, it's a it's a cute it's a good bit. It's a cute ending, and you're just like except for. She wouldn't kiss him until he wore a Confederate uniform. Yay. Um, but it's, you know. That guy probably got thing. Shermaned pretty bad. <laughs> I mean, you know, yeah, probably did not end well. That, that is the thing is it probably did not end well for any of them. So I'm yeah. sure Annabelle's fancy house Good. got uh, burned right down to the yep. ground. So 
Good get fucking... Sherman. Uh, How many more episodes do we have between this and Gone with the Wind? Just like one? Two. Two? Okay. No, we have we have Godfather. Godfather. And... I mean, I, t- I, I technically have Speed Racer coming up next week. <laughs> sure, but in terms of... Yeah, I, I think it might just be Godfather and then Godfather. All yep. right, guys. We're on a real more Confederates score. coming up. So in the uh, in the Kino Blu-ray, there's um, a brief little intro from Orson Welles. I think it was like on a TV spot mm. or something like that. Okay. Who loved this movie? He was friends with Keaton like later in life too. Oh, cool. So there's a couple things I want to get your guys' opinions on. Um, yeah. One, he he says it's the best Civil War movie. Oh, well, that's I, I can't, not I can't a really th- high bar to cross. Not a lot. Of yeah, I was going to say I can't really think of any, even like in the time since then, of there being like a great. Does, Civil does Ken War Burns' movie. A Civil War count? I was going to say I do- like that's the only thing I can think of is like a documentary. Does um, yeah, and he wasn't count. He wasn't around for either of those, unfortunately. <laughs> I, I want you want to hear Orson Welles' thoughts on Lincoln. Um, Lincoln probably. That I, was the other. I, I knew wouldn't that one, put Lincoln yes. over the general, but that might be the one thing I would consider. I, I would. I love Lincoln, though. I really it's, love Lincoln. Okay, I, I, I. Okay, I'm gonna I take rewatched it recently, the, and it's, I'm going to take I, a section of the podcast and say, I love Steven Spielberg. He's a great director. My two weird takes that I'm not a huge Lincoln or a Saving Private Ryan fan is nothing it's against weird takes. how great and how fun most. How of do you feel about Ready Player One? I am not even going to touch that subject. <laughs> the movie's so bad. I watched it on an airplane. It was so bad. It's pretty I'm, bad. I'm going to say... I, 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 I watched Minority Report. If you want to... Minority Report rules. That movie, movie rules. Catch me if you can. Catch me if you can. <sighs> Masterpiece. If we're talking about like later era Did Spielberg's I? outside no. his prime era, like, go watch those. Those are better than Simon Private Ryan and uh, Lincoln for, me. for my money. Oh, wait, no. I know the, the best Civil War movie. It's The Good and the Bad and the Ugly. Easily Good and Bad and the Ugly. So, I'm, by, I'm not entirely sure You're not going to allow that? Counts. I don't know. There's, I mean, mo- there's more Civil War battles in Good and the Bad and the Ugly than but the, the general. I, I plan on rewatching it soon because I just got the 4K of it, so I'll probably watch it in the next okay, week okay. or so. So as I, I haven't seen it in a while. As I remember it, there's not like a ton of civil like they're in it's more adjacent concentration camps they're in the middle of battles between union and confederate soldiers i've seen this movie and i don't but i since i was a child so i don't really remember those parts that one feels a little bit more adjacent to me the way something like little women is like uh an adjacent civil war but it's not like a war movie speaking speaking of old man dads going off to war and getting injured by the way um, yeah. Little women. Sorry. My little women. My when, little women. When he comes back and says, My little women. Oh. <laughs> I didn't buy I didn't buy the written for the screen and directed by Greta Gerwig shirt from Super Yaki, and I should have. Um, yeah. Maybe they'll come back. I don't know so, if I needed a second Greta Gerwig shirt in my wardrobe when I already have a Girls on Top's Greta Gerwig shirt, but maybe I do. Maybe I do. Okay. Nick, you you do. I I, I, I don't see how you could not count Kid the Bad and the Ugly. Just go watch it. Go watch it. We'll talk about it. Sometime. Yeah, I'll watch it again and see how much of it is war-related. And, like, I watched the whole Dollars trilogy and Once Upon a Time in the West, like, back to back to back to back. So mm-hmm. I may be conflating yeah, bits of and, movies. And it's definitely, like, more of a Western than a war movie, but almost all the Western stuff is going through 
the war yeah. itself. See, I would I would call it a western movie and not a war movie is my thing. Mm. Anyways, so that's that's the one uh, take. The other is that Wells said in talking about Buster Keaton, quote, I think one of the most beautiful people ever photographed. I he can get can it. See it. Can he? Okay. Um, like maybe um, I'm Well, he can some... get it more than Chaplin can. Yes. In certain <laughs> angles. And also, like, better with a hat on. He has some weird hair, at least in this He's got movie. bad hair in he's this. Got he's got better hair. hair and, he's okay. got better hair in everything else. Okay, yeah. good. Especially, was, like, one week or something. He has really Okay. Because that, that did jump out at me. He took his hat off. I was like, oh, no. Your hair is not helping. <laughs> he's got, like, the George Washington, like. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I, he he has, like, such a striking face. Um it's it's really something, um, but I, I I think I think it's a handsome face. I don't know if I'd say like the most beautiful person ever photographed. But, yeah, um, yeah, but but he has like a, he has such an insanely like like insane bone structure, such a striking face. I can yeah. see why, especially like Orson Welles, who you know, yeah, it's all about how someone looks on camera. Like, and he looks, mm. I I bet he looked strange in person though. I'm sorry. Can I ask a quick question? Yes. Um, I've never. I'm a huge Ang Lee fan, but I've never seen Ride with the Devil. Have either of you guys seen that? And where would that rank for Civil War movies? I haven't. I have not. I've listened to the Blank Check episode about it, but I have not watched it. Um, okay. Sounds interesting. Um, I, I've, I've generally heard good things from like the people I follow in Letterboxd, but not like super enthusiastically positive. Is that streaming somewhere? It must be, right? It's it? rentable on Amazon and YouTube. Oh, okay. Because otherwise it kind of feels like... I'm, we're just shouting out all the podcasts, but like the conversation they had on on Big Pick this week about like lost movies or more sp- yeah. or and then and then also tangentially mm-hmm. like movies and directors' filmographies that like don't exist. And like yeah. I I had never heard of Ride with the Devil, and even Neither when you I. said it, I was like, I've listened to that podcast episode, and I was like, oh right, right. What does that devil. ring bell? Yeah. And yeah. it's crazy because like that was maybe Ang Lee's first real big blank check. Like that yeah. was supposed to be like a. His big breakout movie well, was kind of like, eh. Sometimes they bounce, till. baby. Sometimes they bounce. That's right. Um, yeah. Crouching yeah. Tiger would probably be his first big, big breakout, right? I mean, it was definitely. Oh, Sense like, and Sensibility was his first Yeah, that's it. That My bad. I forgot. Oscar Best yeah. fucking movie ever. Jim Caviezel had that and Thin Red Line back to back. Huh? Yeah, Jim Caviezel seemed like a, like a really interesting movie star. It sucks that he's a weirdo. Yeah. Um, it does. He's like a, he's not a, he's not a good guy. Um, no, I, it's just I it's interesting. The amount of people you can just say like, sucks that I, he's a weirdo. I, sucks that he's a weirdo I, though. You know what movie I really like that is a really sort of embarrassing thing to admit is the, um, the, the Count of Monte Cristo adaptation from like 2001 or so. Oh, I've it's never seen that. Him and Guy Pierce. Really? Oh, I saw it. I saw it in theaters on a double date. Um, with Matt? Movie. No, this was like 2001. I was in high school. Um, oh, okay. So, Sorry. Yeah. No, the, the, you keep on bringing up like dates you've been on. I keep on hoping like what happens. Not the the first movie Matt and I ever saw in theaters together was Tropic Thunder. That was our first. Okay, um, that's nice. a good movie date. Good, uh, yeah. Good movie. Summer Ours of 08, was man. Moon. Ooh, Moon. Jesus Summer Christ, of Nick. 09. That's a way to have a good that, time and woo someone. I was going to say, yeah, we, we went to like what looked like the fun Ben Stiller comedy. Yeah, <laughs> it's not like, like a romantic movie, but it's like you can drama like about dying literally, on the moon. what's the point of life? Why are hey, we supposed to be alive? It worked, didn't it? <laughs> I mean, it worked. That's true. You can't really question it. Uh, 
God. Anyway, um, that kind of Monte Cristo movie, it's like one of those things that used to play on cable all the time. It was like a real TNT yeah. movie. Um, but Jim Caviezel, Guy Pierce, some hey, woman. Someone okay, someone playing a kid who went on. Some some kid kid who went on. Luis Guzman. Uh, Luis Guzman's in it. Yep. Dylan Henry Cavill's in it. Henry Cavill. That's the person who was in it as the. I was like, I was like someone. He's a kid? He's the son. Yeah. Oh. So thank you. I was I was like someone who'd be famous later. Richard Harris is in it. Which... He is Richard. Have you guys read Count of Monte Cristo? No. Like no, in high no. school or anything? Okay. You, you guys both made a face like that was a weird question to ask. Did you have to read it in high school? No, I, no? I never had to. Okay. All right. I've, I've... Is that... It's actually my, good for like books I had to read in high school. It's I yeah. It's, it's like I've, it's like I've a thriller. Very good. I've, yeah. So I'm in a book club with um, some people, and we picked it twice, and then we look just at how like, long yeah. the book is, and then we always go, "Uh, let's go with the second choice." And yeah. I want to read. How long is it? Point. I think it's, it's like 800 long. pages or something. Yeah, that sounds. Yeah, right. we read like Anna Karenina, which is probably yeah, way yeah. too long for a high schooler to read. Um, yeah, it's Dumas. Okay, I couldn't remember. I was like, it's not Victor Hugo, it's Dumas. Richard but like, Harris um, was in a movie called Orca the Killer Whale. That movie scared the shit out of me when I was a kid. Um, I was allowed to, a friend's parents let us rent it from the video store. It was like, this movie looks wild. <laughs> it is, a, an orca fully bites people's legs off. It is, I like, I don't know why they let us watch it. I would have been in sixth grade. Like fifth or Isn't sixth grade. Isn't that the plot of a... Uh... Jacques Odiard's Rust and Bone. <laughs> yes, it's, it's exactly. It's it, it's just as good. No, it's Orca is it's a shameless. It's probably jaws better. I don't like that movie. That's true. You don't like the movie. Orca is a shameless Jaws ripoff. Um, and yeah, yeah. for some reason, my and maybe because my friend was a guy, and so his parents were like whatever. But like his parents just like let us rent that movie, and we were like eleven or twelve, and I gave me such terrible nightmares. <laughs> And it's like around the same around this age, I was still going to freaking like SeaWorld and my family vacationed in San Diego every summer, and I would go to SeaWorld. And if, if Blackfish has anything to say about it, it was now I I have not been to SeaWorld in in twenty plus yeah. thirty years, so I think I'm okay. But um, I I will say though, I had no idea that Richard Harris was in that movie. It's the uh, yeah. year I, I was after like how... Jaws. It has Charlotte Rampling in it. Yeah, yeah, it's it's got an interesting cast. This. Oh, and Keenan Wynn. Hey, Keenan Wynn. Um, Bo Derek. Should... Bo Derek's in the movie. Yeah, I re- maybe I should revisit this. I, I'm just looking at how in kind of crazy Richard Harris's career is in. He's in Harry Potter's. He's in Gladiators. Unforgiven. He's in Michelangelo Antonioni's <laughs> The Red Desert. We've, we've gone so far off the plot that Nick has fled the podcast. He went quick. We should wrap soon. Um, I have not yeah. had lunch yet, and it's two ten in the afternoon. Um, oh my god! I know. Um, <laughs> I'm just glad you brought up Orca. Uh, that movie is bananas. It has a Morricone score, though, so you know. Um, Classic, but like the yeah. fact that he worked in like he did like Red Desert and like Guns of Navarone, and then yeah, he's an Unforgiven and Patriot Days and the Richard Patriot Harris was Gink. great. He's really Best. good. Yeah. Um, Yes, yeah, so that's from the kind Jim, of Monte Cristo, which came out, beca- which came up because of Jim Caviezel, because which of Ride came of the up Devil, because, which Ride of the Devil, Civil War Civil movies, War. And, and we were doing Nick's wrap up. Should we just end the episode? Nick, thumbs up or thumbs down? No, okay. I've never seen someone thumbs do up. a thumbs zero. <laughs> <laughs> Would you try to do a Nick impersonation? <laughs> 
<laughs> I tried to, I don't know, defense and do, do an impression of a generic man voice. You, like, um, covered your I head. give it, oh, I oh. give it a thumbs up. Yeah, that's how Nick talks. Um, Nick's gonna have to hear your Nick impersonation. No, he's not. I don't know what you're talking about. What's that? And, and Nick will only you ever okay? know if he, if he listens to this episode. No, no, I want to know. No. Um, Jenna did an impersonation of you. <laughs> of me? <laughs> yeah. Was it me? Was it me trying to to talk Nelly into seeing Moon as a first date? No, because I we were, I was like we're gonna I was like Nick's to... gone. We're gonna end the episode without you, and so I was I said I give it a thumbs up, and that was my Nick impression. <laughs> that is how I said. What an asshole! <laughs> All right, let's let's uh we we can talk about what we've been watching and stuff, but let's let's wrap up. Oh, uh, Dylan, did you have a quote from the evening? Oh yeah, I actually Nick, have a quote I really really like. Nick um, read the one at the beginning that was the one I really liked that talked about the comparison to Chaplin and stuff. While you pull that out, Dylan, I do have to say that me taking uh, a, a significant other on a date to like an existential dread type movie is quite on brand. It's very on oh, brand. Yeah, I sure. think sometimes you just want someone to know like, hey, I gotta, this is I the gotta deal. Be me. Yeah, I yep. mean, you don't... How, how did Nelly react to a first date of Moon? I mean, we'd been dating a couple months already and we'd been... Oh, okay. Like, that, yeah, yeah. That makes no, it wasn't, it wasn't. No, it wasn't like I was trying to win her yeah, over. We'd been dating a while and we'd been into each other for a long time before that. Gotcha, um, gotcha. So it, it was... Uh, I didn't need to impress her with... Uh, some sci-fi movie yeah by the time uh-huh. yeah i see tropic thunder came out in august in 08 and matt and i met on the 4th of july so we'd been mm. seeing each other for a few weeks by the time we went to see tropic thunder which to be fair um you know could have gone you know <laughs> that it's not a movie that is without uh its pitfalls to <laughs> go see with somebody if you don't know how they're gonna react so yeah sure. um all right so my quote is he is not a man playing for laughs, playing for laughs, but a man absorbed in a call on the most important person in his life, and that is why it's funny. Yeah. And I think that sums up a lot of what really works for Buster Keaton uh, pretty damn well. I think that's good. Yep. All right. So, thumb, thumbs up, guys. Where did where do we land on this one? I don't know. Apparently, you already. Uh... Yeah, you gave it a thumbs up. Um, thumbs up from all three of us. Um, and then rating out of four. Start with Nick. Fuck it. Give them all four. Wow. What about you, Dylan? A strong three. Not, not, not a three and a half, but a three. I'm like right between a three and a three and a half. Um, yeah, I, I was too. And I kind of came down on I'll, like, there's so okay. many better Keaton movies. I, I can go three. I'll I'll give it three and a half just because yeah, it's my yeah. first Keaton movie, so I can be impressed um, by it and then wow. adjust later. Wow! 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 Okay. Um. All right. So, do we want to quickly run down what we've been watching over the past couple say. weeks? Are we catching up on everything? I when mean, we why don't you guys some highlights? Guys speed round. Yeah. No, I'm gonna. Yeah, highlights. I'm gonna do. I'm just gonna name them all. <laughs> Go for it. Going back to like the middle of May. When did we record no, last? No, we recorded on the fifth. Uh, 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 real life. Yeah, and we didn't do the catch up on that episode. Oh, we didn't do the catch up on that episode. Oh, no. okay. And then there was oh, okay. two weeks before that that we didn't uh, have you guys. Okay, so did. I'll just do some highlights. I'm not going to do everything. Yeah. That's that would be that would okay. be absurd. Okay, I mean, yeah, I, I could actually go through mine because I've only seen like eight movies in that time. But <laughs> all right, go Nick, do some highlights. 
Let's see. I watched a movie called Your Vice is a Locked Room and Only I Have the Key. And as I explained it to my friends, we watched it because the movie's called Your Vice is a Locked Room and Only I Have the Key. Like the most Nick movie title I've ever heard. What awesome the heck is this movie? It's a giallo movie. It's uh, loosely based on I'm cons- okay, I'm considering the black cat. Getting into giallo as like a fall hobby. Um, I, I was need you at- to watch it's good. the beyond. I was looking at the shutter like uh, giallo yeah. highlight section um, and was intrigued by it. I, I tried I to watch get you to watch the, the beyond. beyond last year. The but... Beyond looks scary. This what do you think it's... giallo is? <laughs> yeah, this one's this one's like got some good scares in it, but it's fun. Okay. It starts off real weird, and then it kind of changes tone. Um, so, like, the first 10 minutes in, you're going to be like, what the fuck are we watching? And then it, like, sort of settles down. But it's good. Mm-hmm. Um, watch The Revenge of Frankenstein, which is the first nice. in the uh, the big 20-movie um, Hammer Horror box set. The I watched the entire Coker trilogy, the Abbas Kiristami, including Where's My Friend's House, which is... Uh, Maybe coming up on a future episode, we will discuss that uh, briefly. But the Coker Trilogy is awesome. Um, we definitely recommend checking those out. Let's see. I watched a whole bunch of Buster movies. Three Ages, One Week. I watched One Week like seven other times. Steamboat Bill Jr., College, Seven Chances. Um, In the Heights, we talked about that a little bit. We have discrepant opinions on certain performances. It's fine. Uh, Jenna's like, like it's not fine. It's fine. No, no, no. I meant, I meant the, like our our discrepant opinions are fine. Yeah. Um, no, I like the movie. I, I had a good time with it. My, uh, we watched it with my in laws, and my mother in law's reaction to seeing Mark Anthony was hilarious. What was it? Can can you do it? She just went, "Que oh, feo." <laughs> I mean, um, I, I reacted in English, but basically the same way. So um, he <laughs> looks. He looks He's hot. rough. No, okay, ugly. Yeah. No, it's. Uh, I, I was like, is he okay? Does he have those, a drug problem that I don't know about? Those tattoos are not real. Were, you, were they claiming those tattoos are real? Those can't be his real tattoos. Maybe they are. I, what is Kate Feo? They are. How ugly. How ugly. How ugly. Oh. Kate Feo. He, yeah, he looks. As opposed to so. Kate would be how hot, although that doesn't mean handsome. It means like temperature. Anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah, he is, he is not temperature hot nor. He's, he looks rough in this. He looks, <laughs> I, it's so funny. So I can't remember if I told you guys this, but uh, Matt stepped out to use the restroom and missed the entire Mark Anthony scene. <laughs> he literally got up as the scene was starting before they showed his face. And by the time he came back, it was over. And I'm like, you just missed Mark Anthony's entire appearance in this movie. <laughs> so, but then that's one of the advantages of having it on HBO Max. So I could be like, mm-hmm. let's just throw it on and you can watch the Mark Anthony scene you missed. Um, oh, he does not look good t- in that movie. No. no, you need to take a bathroom break during that movie because Jesus Christ, it's seven hours long. Yeah, it's it's really long. and Yeah, yeah it's very long. Or anything, what? But, um, I don't understand why everyone wants to make movies this long. I mean, like, if it needs to be that long, it's fine. Yeah. But you yeah. could You could do a lot less work and make it 95 minutes. Yeah. It's yeah. I don't. I don't know. It's it's too long. I, I understand the people who like it took away their enjoyment of it because of how long it is. It didn't bother me, but um, it was stressful because I refused to leave to go to the bathroom because I didn't want to miss anything. And so by the end of the movie, I was like, "Oh my You're god, dying. end this movie, end this movie," which is not how you want to feel at the end of yeah. a movie. So anyway, but yeah, I liked it. Uh, what else did I watch? The Andromeda Strain. Um, Ooh, that's a not- wicked movie. Pretty timely, I guess. Uh, Girlfriends on um, the Criterion Channel. That's that. 
it's a cool movie. I think you would really like it. It looks good. Looks real good. We watched a movie called Ickery XB1, which is a Czech sci-fi movie. Dang. Okay. Sure. Re- Why not? Really, really cool. It's uh, based on a book by the guy who wrote the book Solaris. Oh, okay. Oh, nice. Um, can, can so you it's spell got that a real quick? Of I, I want to see this on Letterboxd. I'm sorry. I K A R I E space XB space one. It's by um, what's the guy's name? Jindrik Polak, perhaps. Indeed, but it was a pretty cool movie. And then um, we watched the thing last night, which I'd seen it before. Uh, Nelly had not seen it before, but that movie absolutely rules. I can't wait to watch it. Yeah, it's very creepy. There's there's three versions of the thing. I think. Yes. Yeah. There's like the that's Howard the Hawks. One. Right, and that's the middle one. Okay. Yeah, and then there was a newer one from like I want to say it's ten years old I've already. Heard, now, I've, right? I've heard that one's like sneaky good. Um, oh really? Isn't it, isn't it Rooney Mara? Mary Elizabeth Winstead, I think maybe Rooney yeah, Mara yeah, also. Right, but right, right, right. and I, I no love... Rooney Mara was in um Evil oh, she, Dead maybe she no, was in some other she's, remake. She's in the Friday the Thirteenth remake, I think. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah, she's which is hilarious because like what a discrepancy between film and performer. Holy moly! Um, yeah, but um. Yeah, I'm excited to to catch up with the thing sometime soon here. Oh, and one last thing, I watched a uh, a Spanish movie called Peppermint Frappe, Ooh. which is Sounds it's tasty. sort it's got like vertigo vibes. Peppermint Frappes look disgusting. I'm definitely gonna buy whatever the thing is that you make them with. They they're just <laughs> like a hot a hot green color. Um, but I watched it because the uh, the protagonist is a, a radiologist. I found that out. Ooh, I like, oh, oh, nice. I want to see this radiologist movie where the radiologist is a big old creep. Nice. And, uh, he, he was. Didn't do a ton of radiology type stuff. Most of it he did was pretty antiquated. But it's a it's a fun movie. It, it kind of drags and parts. But uh, speaking of, Geraldine Chaplin is in this. Oh, cool. Cool. Interesting. You know, f- notable for being Una Chaplin's mother. There you go. Oh, right. My my uh, turn. I have far fewer movies, even though it's been a couple of weeks. Um, since last we did a rundown, um, I I have I've been going to the theater, guys. I've been in and out of the theater quite a bit. Jealous. It rules. Um, I do recommend if you are vaccinated and feel safe to go to a theater where you are. I'm very lucky that as awful as things were in LA for so long, um, we are now on the other side of that, and it is very chill around here, which is great. So I went and saw Singing in the Rain at the Alamo Draft House in downtown oh, Los Angeles, and it ruled. <laughs> what was um, the crowd like for that? You know, it was like it wasn't hooting and hollering. It was not hooting and hollering. Like oh, it, my God, it was not rowdy like the Draft House theater. Draft House crowds are interesting. Well, one. The, the theater itself was pretty small and with social distancing there were probably like 12 of us in the theater um, mm-hmm. and so like there was like some clapping and stuff when the movie started and at the end um, but like <laughs> I feel like in draft houses people never really know like how effusive to be because like the no talking and stuff rules are so strict mm-hmm. and obviously they have their rowdy screenings where you're encouraged to uh, be as rowdy as possible and those are wild but um, it was They're not wrong. it was also it was also a brunch it was a brunch screening so you know it was middle of the day um but great i mean can't go wrong just a perfect movie um 
really sure. fantastic. I watched um, the recent release, the um, Bob Odenkirk starring Nobody, um, oh. which is like sort of his John Wick sort of. It was at least I watched it on premium VOD, one of those twenty dollars rentals. Was it his pig? It was his pig, um, his John Wick. Yeah, um, pig anyway. It is like it's interesting. It's way more interesting <laughs> than I thought. Um, very maybe the highlight is that um, his one of the characters is um, his father, played by Christopher Lloyd, um, who gets in on some of the um, action, which is pretty cool. Um, and uh, the Riza plays his like adopted i think brother um who's also in it and is really fantastic um yeah it's just you know it's pretty easy you like john wick you're probably gonna like this um uh fewer dogs are killed so you have that going for you um and then also rewatched dirty dancing because i all oh, singing in the rain nobody oh. dirty, singing in the rain nobody and dirty dancing were all when i had my friend in town and so like that was our movie marathon of a day great movie too um started dancing just rules um might go see it again uh the Senespia outdoor cemetery screenings just relaunched like they just announced they're coming back uh, speaking of things opening up in la and they are doing dirty dancing on fourth of july again which i have did done you... before but i am tempted to do again <laughs> so did you say outdoor cemetery screen mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah like that's it's in it. a cemetery yes the hollywood forever cemetery that's, um that's where they should show like uh your giallo movies yeah i've never seen a horror movie there they do horror movies oh that's that's a huge lie i saw a uh, scream there and it was really fun um <laughs> but they do I, alien was like a really popular one they did there um but yeah no it's it's great um do they ever do like night of the living dead or something where people are rising from the grave? from graves i think i do believe they have they tend they tend to do like a second set of showings in the fall for like closer to halloween um I mean, it doesn't get actually cold delay, but it gets a little cold for me, so I don't really go to those. Um, it was 77. You know what? It gets like 55. Um, okay. So that's... It's, not, it's a little bit colder than you want it to be if you're like watching a movie outdoors. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, there's, there's something called Douglas Fairbanks Lawn, and there's like a big wall of a building, and they project the films up, and it's like everybody on blankets, and it is pretty much my favorite thing to do in the whole world, and like the one of the best things LA has to offer. It's the best. Um, and then... Uh, other movie I went and saw in the theater was um, the new Mads Mikkelsen Danish action <laughs> comedy, Riders of Justice, which rules. <laughs> it's so good. Um, speaking of like another sort of John Wickish, this is more like a Taken riff. Um, his wife is killed in the opening of the movie, um, and a, there's an accident that maybe isn't an accident. Who's to say? His wife is killed. His daughter survives. And then he gets, like, tangled up with some conspiracy theorists, and they get tangled up into a war with some gangsters. The name of the gang is the Writers of Justice. Um, so, And they say it in English a bunch. It's always really interesting because they're talking in Danish, and then we'll be like, Writers of Justice. Like, okay. Um, it's great. A great Mads Mikkelsen performance. Um, highly recommend checking that out when it becomes available to you. Um, I rewatched because it was streaming on YouTube. Um, the Joel Schumacher Phantom of the Opera, of which I am the world's biggest fan. Nobody mm. likes that movie but me, but it's great. Um, and then my other two theatrical movies, In the Heights, we already talked about, and 2001 A Space Odyssey on a big, loud screen. Every with time a you say that Nick and really I really good crowd. Sigh. That was a good crowd, too. Um, 
even though it was also extremely socially distanced. It was not as rowdy as the people like jumping up and down and in the heights. Um, but it, that was a really good crowd for 2001, even though at one point there was a problem with one of the reels and it just everything stopped. And we all sat oh, no. there in silence like, are we supposed to do something? <laughs> and then they brought the lights up for like three minutes and then they fixed it and kept going. It was a 70 millimeter like old film. So there was like great, you know, there was like little glitches and stuff on it. But um, the, the, the part where it stopped was at the still at the beginning with the the first guy you meet who's on his way to the moon or whatever when he's like having a video call with his daughter so it was a totally low stakes part to have okay, uh, interrupted it. it wasn't like in the middle of like you know any like the conversations with dave or the acid trip or anything so yeah 2001 do still 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 thumbs up guys have not changed oh, my uh, original good. rating from uh the last time we talked about it that's good to know so what about you dylan what do you have to uh Talk about. Uh, I watched Mulholland Drive again. Mm-hmm. Um, that cool was movie. my movie club for this week. Cool I movie. Watched it with my two of my best friends in the world. Um, their main point of contention with this movie was and slight spoilers, but I'll try to be vague about it. But why were it they? It's weird. So, it doesn't make sense. Why were they so small in the end? You. I literally don't want to talk about it, not because of spoilers, <laughs> but because of everyone talks about the the Winky's Diner scene being the scariest part of the movie, and it is very scary. That shit, I can't look at the screen. Like, it freaks me out so bad. <laughs> um, yeah. So they show, like, the person at the Winkies at, mm-hmm. at that final scene, and um, one of my friends gets very easily scared, and she had a pillow up to her face, yeah. and my other friend was narrating what was going on, was like, Oh, there's the guy, and he's holding the thing, and like, I'm trying to be pretty vague about it. But then he's yeah. like, and then there's little people crawling out of it. And she went, what? Oh, my God. Yeah, the little people um, are the scariest image to me from that entire movie. Movie rules. Yeah. Um, I also watched A Canterbury Tale, uh, the Archer's mm. film. Mm-hmm. Um, just so good. It's crazy how they do not miss. Um. Just, just some incredible stuff in that. I actually have a new. Thanks. Hi, Belly. Belly. I have a new movie for once. Actually, I watched uh, the Jewish comedy Shiva Baby. Or oh, what do you Baby. think? It's on my. It's on my watch list. Um, it's like the lesbian uncut gems. I've heard it likened to uncut gems. Okay, so like it's the. I, so is it? Because I was worried it was, like, cringe. Is it cringe? Or is it, like, just super tense? It's more super tense. But I guess there were some parts that are, like, going to be, like, sort of cringe. Are the stakes as high as Uncut Gems? God, no. Okay, okay. So it's just a vibe. It's not... It's not. Yeah, it's just that vibe of, like, there's all these people talking and everyone's a bit of an asshole. And like gotcha. Okay. Someone trying I, I, to, like, hold themselves out. together. But I'm instead of, sure like, love it, holding themselves together with, like, murderous gambling people it's more it's like, like with family <laughs> yeah um cool i only watch it because the the friend that i watch uh the one that had her pillow up during the mahonja uh she has a cat named shiva who Aww. she always refers to as shiva the baby shiva baby that's funny. and we were all confused that it, it it's uh it's called shiva not a shiva yes so they are sitting shiva if shiva i understand baby, but it's uh shiva baby yes um i uh watched uh, Jonathan Demme's The Manchurian Candidate, so much better than the original. Um, yeah, it's a fun movie. 
It's really good. I really like Angela Lansbury in the original, but I mean, I get, by far, but she's by far she's the, the best, best part. part but when yeah, you it, but when you get Meryl Streep for the remake, it's you know. It's crazy to say that between the two parts, Angela Lansbury is better. But yeah, no, she that's is. That's literally the only thing I think might be slightly better from the original. Yeah, I am. I am weirdly a huge fan of Liv Schreiber. That's just like a weird like He's opinion really I have. Good in that movie. And might I re- be one of his best performances. I really like him in that. Yeah. Um, I rewatched Yojimbo, which uh, I know that's like Nick's baby. It's one of my many babies. But yeah, that movie, <laughs> that movie rules. It does. It it does rule pretty hard. Um, we also watched Good Morning, which had a uh, same actor in it as Tano, who's one of the weirdest looking dudes I've ever seen. But he's a uh, he's a really good actor. Um, rewatched Whisper of the Heart, which uh, both of you really need to see it because I don't think either of you seen Whisper of the Heart. No, I haven't. I'm familiar, but go I have watch, not seen it. Go watch Ghibli, please. I know. Well, Tatsuya Nakadai is. Still around. He's 88 years young. Hell yeah, he is. Good for uh, him. Yeah, seriously. Go watch the interview he has on Criterion. Um, I think it's on YouTube, but the Criterion, I think, did it. Um, just talking about like the his the main directors he worked with and uh, his experiences with each movie. Um, he does talk spoilers, so there were parts that I had to fast forward through, and so I'd recommend if you haven't seen a movie that he's talking about, I would skip to the next movie skip it. but it, it's one of the most fascinating things i've ever heard about um like someone talking about their history um watch starship troopers which great movie fun movie um, the fact that people didn't get that it was uh nazi was uh that's interesting yeah. um i also watched the archers gone to earth which again banger not as good of a banger as Canterbury Tale, but really great. Um, and uh, that's probably all I need to go through. Um, yeah. I think, cool. I think I'm caught up. Good movies. Great movies. We only um, watch bangers in this uh, in this house. That's true. Um, all right. Well, I was just closing all my tabs and closed my outline, so I got to remember how we wrap up this show. We uh... um, <laughs> Thank you. We give our thumbs up. Yes. Thank you, everybody. For, oh, oh, sorry. Final shout out. Um, I really do got to go. But yesterday was Roger's birthday. Happy belated birthday, yes. Roger. Hey, Roger. Um, so meant to meant to bring that up. Um, happy birthday to Roger. So, um, thank you to everybody for joining us. Um, we will be back in a couple weeks. We got some scheduling stuff coming up. We got a holiday coming up. Um, there will be at least one fill-in episode. It sounds like. Uh, we might have our our good friend and creator of our podcast artwork, Scott Brady at S Brady Artist on Twitter, might be joining us, right, Dylan? For a it sounds like it. Um, uh, episode. And we might have Speed a couple Racer. other guests on that. Stephen oh might God. come back. Um, and time. I might have a new person. We'll see if that works out. Really hoping you're going big. Um, I may it's or may Speed not. Racer. If if you go big for anything. You go big for I, I will try to join. We'll we'll see what happens if I'm there, but Dylan will at least hold it down and then um probably gonna take Fourth of July weekend off. I guess that's up to you, Dylan. Yeah. Um and then we'll be is, back. Is one of the guests gonna be Emil Hirsch? What? No. Did we get email? I, I, no, it's just another letterbox person that likes the movie. Would have been I'm not getting email Hirsch on this podcast. Is it Christina Ricci? Um okay. So <laughs> 
<laughs> we'll be back when we do resume. We will be talking about a little movie called The Godfather. Um, and we'll sound, probably have a returning guest back for that as well, our friend Jenny. So, you know, we got just a big, big couple of weeks, months coming up here with some fun stuff. Um, if you want to find us in the meantime, we are at Great Movies Pod on both Twitter and uh, Letterboxd. I think we have an email address that uh, we gave out last episode for some reason. Sure. <laughs> if you I... want to send us emails, are we just Great Movies Pod at gmail.com? Is that correct? Yeah, I, I probably check it once every few weeks, so don't well, expect a response, but it's probably hey, the best if it's people easiest start way to sending respond. Us, if people have thoughts and they want to if, find if us, you send that's us the best way we'll to do read it. read it out on the podcast. Sure. Or tweet at us. Do whatever you want. Um, yeah, just tweet. Tweet at us. Uh, I shit post something I was maybe once say, a month on there. I, I was like, you'll get Nick's attention at least. Um, <laughs> he's getting stirring up trouble on Twitter. Okay. I think that, what was the last thing? It was making fun of James Corden. Oh my god! No, oh, it was the James Corden <laughs> decalogue thing. <laughs> it was something that I thought was gonna like get you like, get us banned from Twitter. I did um, kind of worry about our. Uh... But the joke was so obscure, and then I saw other people doing like a lot more extreme versions, and I became less worried. Oh yeah. To, to understand that Nick was making a joke about having James Corden murdered, you would have yeah. to be familiar with the Decalogue. So, um, and I don't think no, the Nick word, is actually the... trying to threaten James Corden's life. I mean, you know, who's to say? The, Nick silences the, speaking volumes. Far, far more notable posters did far they, uh, I, worse. I, I started seeing like actual film critics like posting like actual like the wor- the worst one I saw was a picture of Matthew Broderick. That is dark. Oh. That is dark. Um, yeah. As always, whenever he comes up, I always feel the need to bring up that I ran into James Corden once in the aisle of a Whole Foods, and he was perfectly polite. Um, by which I mean he moved his cart so that I could go around him. Which is, you know what? Not something that everybody does in a grocery store aisle. So sure. um, he is at least, at least a polite grocery store shopper. That's my James Corden story. Um, nice. All right. So... You know where to find us. We'll be back. <laughs> Roger out. Roger out. Roger out. That was, that was a clean ending. Good podcast, guys. And when I go to the movies, I am that person on the screen. I am having vicariously an experience that happened to someone else. And that makes me a better person. That to see good films and to see important films is one of the most profoundly civilized experiences that we can have as people. Okay. Look at those. Beautiful, they beautiful are. levels. Got them. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, ready? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Oh, it's uh, Dylan Galula is the third. April. Oh, it is Dylan Galula. We should have remembered that. She of course. Rules. I love her. Yeah. She's the best. Yeah, she's, she's yeah. the best. Xanthippe. Yeah, yeah. Yep, Xanthippe. That's I remember Ashley Penzen and not her. Yeah, um, Dylan Gould is so good. Um, Why isn't she in more stuff? Hey, man, she was in hey, Shit House. She, yeah, she was in Shit House. That movie. She was I watched really good it. In it. She's very good in it. Watch it. She's really good in it. She was um, a contender for uh, best. I don't know. She'd be supporting or lead. I guess lead. Yeah, she, that's pretty you're, boring. Your designations of lead to supporting. It's just... one of those love interest roles that's really borderline. Um, yeah. When someone, you know, because it's like. She is the main female character, but, like, it's obviously his story, you know. She's in, like, a good chunk of it, though. Yeah, she's in most. I think she's probably a co-lead. 
I think so, too. I think, yeah, we also get, like, a ton of, like, we sort of, like, get her POV a little bit, too, mm. at certain points. So, yeah, good movie. Um, all right, that's not what we're talking about today, though. Derailed oh. the podcast before it even Already? <laughs> also, the way you said, oh, Dylan, I thought you had something to tell Dylan, and then you said Galula, and I was like, oh, right. That's me. That is, um, that is you. Okay, <laughs> ready? <laughs> 